there and everywhere. Oh. Um, maybe more like 10. But yeah, try to make it a little more. Huh? Nine? 27. So nine at a time. Divides up even. Scott, did you get in a fight? Did you get in a fight? Yeah. Okay. The scuba diving part sounds cool. Now you gotta you gotta add a little bit of spice to that, like yeah. <laughs> so soft tissue, like sh shark. Yeah. Yes. There. See. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There you, there you, yeah, you get it. Yeah. That's what we're looking for. We're just waiting for the city attorney to. kills me because then he prints out like <laughs> there's Andy. did you want to get more cards michael or are you Yeah, I think if, if Andy, you ready?
Okay, we're going to call this meeting to order of the Appointments Recommendation Committee uh, for our special meeting of November 1st, 2023. Uh, thank you everyone for being here uh, this evening, and uh, I think we'll start out with roll call. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Councilmember Campos? Here. Vice Chair Duran? Here. And Chair McReynolds? Here. All members are present. Okay. So we'll move into public comments. Uh, my, my hope is this is an iterative process, so uh, so we're going to do public comments as we as we have opportunities to discuss particular items. But if you want to start out with some initial comments, uh, this is your opportunity. So. Initial comments on this agenda, correct? On this agenda, yeah. Well, you can talk about whatever you want. Yeah, on the agenda. Yeah. Uh, it's a special meeting. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, if you want to. Oh, just like random. Oh, I guess. Yeah, you're right. There is only one item. So we would have then a, a round of public communications on uh, general matters not listed on the agenda, uh, which I don't have any items submitted for. I do have speaker cards for the first agenda item. Is there any non-agenda public? I, I was under the impression it was for one. Yeah, go for it. Ninety seconds only. Sorry. Ninety seconds only. No. <laughs> Andy, I want you to pay real close attention because I'm going to be in very gray area. It is not my intent to be one combative, or two. I don't want to talk about agenda item one, even though I just did. Greetings, council members. Citizens elect council members for their districts, but do not give up their rights to participate in local government activities. We demand the opportunity to participate and for the most part, do our homework and add meaningful comments to the meetings we attend. We rely upon our elected officials to keep us informed on the various activities that occur within our local government. Each of your comments at council meetings during the beginning of each meeting help everyone to understand the various meetings and events that will occur throughout the weeks and months ahead. Since ARC does not have a set meeting schedule, it is imperative that announcements are ongoing so that citizens do not miss an opportunity to attend if they so desire. In your capacity as a standing committee, the subject matter is typically not interesting enough to draw citizens to attend on a regular basis. The subject matter lately has changed that since council has decided to use this committee for subject matter not listed in your original charter. Since this committee will hear items of public interest like the agendized item tonight, can this committee make certain to announce the subject matters at future public meetings so that public can have an opportunity to participate? On Monday, there were audio issues with WebEx, and I missed the public announcement of this meeting. Yesterday, a friend of mine asked if I was going to the ARC meeting. On Wednesday, I asked if he knew what the subject matter was, and they thought it was related to the Johnson Protocol rule. I said, probably. This morning, I looked at the agenda and totally thought this was about the previous discussion that we had back in July. And I thought that there would be some type of consultant letter attached, but there wasn't. I will comment on that stuff later because I don't want to get into that. The agenda, the agenda that I see seems lacking in descriptive detail related to what the discussion item will be in one. My point, 
Can we work harder to properly agendize items with sufficient detail to help citizens understand what will be discussed that night? As an example, the KB Home Project was originally agendized for discussion item on the Vista Del Mar site for housing. Once discussion language changed to term sheet, the next agenda had the language that contained the words term sheet. It was not a continuation of the same subject any longer. Words are important. Please consider the audience when constructing future agendas and subject matter. Thank you. Any uh, additional non-agenda related public comments at this time? Non-agenda related public comments? Okay, then we'll go ahead and move on to the agenda item. So, and I think uh, the city attorney has some opening comments. Sure, thank you, Chair McReynolds. Um, I wanted to provide a little bit of context uh, for tonight's conversation and explain a little bit for the public and the committee on, on the work that Michael and I have um, have kind of put into uh, trying to come up with some alternatives that the committee and ultimately the city council can consider in an effort to try to uh, make our meetings more efficient um, and, and better for all involved. Uh, you know, Michael and I, if I may call you Michael, in this setting, um, we're kind of at the tip of the seared, uh, spear as it comes to these, um, how the meetings are run. Uh, typically, if there's a, a problem with the way things are run, um, I'm notified of it. Michael is notified on, on a regular basis, including uh, people who feel that the protocols haven't been followed or they haven't been followed consistently. And so um, in, the, in the year and a half that I've been the city attorney, I thought it would be helpful to take a deep dive into the protocols to see how they, how they can be revised to make the process clearer, to make sure that, that everyone, both the public and the city council, uh, understands um, what the kind of the rules are, what the guide, guidelines are going to be for how the meetings operate, and where we need flexibility, um, that the flexibility is built into the protocols so that it's clear to everyone how, how the meeting should, should be conducted. Uh, and so Michael and I kind of took it on ourselves to just work through the protocols and, and see what we could, if we could come up with some ideas that would at least be conversation starters for the council, for the committee uh, to consider. Um, we're not advocating in any way that, that, that um, the optional alternatives, as we call them, uh, that they should be um, made a part of the, of the protocols. We just try to come up with some ideas from our past experience, uh, from what we've learned uh, working here, and what we've learned in some of our other cities. And we thought it might just be helpful, a help, help, helpful conversation starter. Um, I, I think we all agree, uh, and, and this has become much more evident recently, uh, we have very long meetings. The meetings have gone to midnight and even after one o'clock. Uh, in the morning, and I th I've heard, and I, I think everyone has heard, consistent complaining from certain members of the public who haven't been able to um, stay at the entire meeting. Um, I, I heard the other day we had somebody that was that came to talk about a special event they were putting on, and they found out they would have to be um, pushed to the end of the meeting, and so they ended up leaving. Um, we had members of the public who came the other night, a, a man and his pregnant woman, uh, pregnant wife and they um, had never come to city council before to speak. And, and they sat through um, two to three hours of council meeting in order to make their public comments. 
So we, we, we talked about how we can, if there is a way to address some of those concerns, we wanted to try to at least spend the time to explore that. Uh, I, I think it's important to keep in mind that uh, the way that the meetings operate, the decorum um, from the public and from the city council members, um, all of that's important to create an environment where all interested parties are free to express their opinions on items before the city council. Uh, as, as somebody who uh, is tasked in the protocols with, with, with ensuring that they're followed or interpreted, I guess, uh, it's disturbing to me when I hear stories of people being flipped off um, because they, they present uh, a, an opinion that's different than the majority of the people in the room. That doesn't create an environment that encourages um, people to want to come and speak. And, and just as important as it is for the, uh, those who have a particular opinion on a project to express their opinions, even, even if that's the majority, it's just as important for the people who don't have that opinion to be able to feel comfortable in coming to the podium and speaking, which I would be intimidated doing if I was a member of the public, just doing that act itself. And I think the gentleman last meeting said that. It was his first time ever speaking in public and, and it was intimidating to him. So if we start with the, with the foundation that uh, improving the decorum in our meetings, uh, improving the efficiencies of our meetings, um, as, as being a fundamental necessity for having a, 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 vi um, a valid and a healthy uh, public discourse on these important items that the city council is considering, I think it requires a commitment from both the public and the city council to ad adopt practices that will keep the council and the discussion focused on, on what uh, the, the matters at hand. And so <clears throat> Michael and I came up with these optional alternatives which are not intended to stop or limit public participation. Rather, they are ideas that can help the public and, and, and help the city council focus the comments and questions so that they can be most useful as it is important decisions are made. And, and so, um, for example, one of, the, one of the alternatives that we suggested was um, shortening the council member comments or questions from 10 minutes to five minutes, at least in the first round, which is an effort to try to keep the process moving, allow the different council members to, to provide their questions and, and rather than one person monopolizing uh, that time. So uh, that, that was something that we, what we um, threw out there as an alternative. Um, and, and then just uh, in addition to these optional alternatives, uh, we have retained outside counsel as directed by uh, this committee and the city council to prepare uh, a draft of the code of ethics. So that's not before, uh, we're not ready for the commission to view or the committee to review tonight. Um, that will be prepared and brought forward at a future meeting. And um, we also, um, Michael uh, and I have discussed and he is I think prepared to discuss an alternative idea for policy considerations uh, and formal items uh, that can help the items um, that are brought before the council be more focused and fully baked before they're brought to the council, just in an effort to try to, um, you know, sometimes items are, are discussed and um, the council has a ton of questions, as they should, and the public has a lot of comments, as they should, and, and then the, the item ends up being brought back uh, because maybe it wasn't fully 
fully vetted yet. Um, so we, we do, if the, if the committee is interested in hearing that, we do have that um, teed up to, to discuss as well. So I just wanted to provide that context, at least where these, um, I know there were some questions about where these optional alternatives came from. Again, we're not advocating, we're just here to try to make the process better, which I think everybody wants. Thank you. Okay, so um, I wanted to see if either of the committee members have anything they want to say before we kind of move into public comments and deliberations and discussions. Councilmember Campos. I do want to acknowledge the people who came tonight and thank you for being present here. Um, I realize this was not a long notice meeting and um, we're missing the west side because this is a west side community council meeting night. So I'm hoping that my colleagues read the emails that came from the west side as well as three or four others. Um, I just, I wanna bring that up to your attention. Thank you. Uh, Chair McReynolds, uh, if I may, I just wanted to provide a, a point of clarification. I've, I've heard it now twice. So the appointments recommendation committee is a standing committee of council and per our municipal code, the noticing for the meeting is 48 hours. Uh, we publish this six days in advance with the goal of publishing it as the same as the city council agenda. We were preparing these materials. Uh, in addition to publishing it far in advance, we did outreach. We uh, prepared uh, the city manager comments at all city council meetings notifying folks of this meeting. We did outreach as well to inform the community that the, the committee would be discussing the protocols on this date. Uh, as it relates to the agenda, I also just want to provide clarity that this is a, a different type of item because this was referred by council. So you'll notice on the agenda, for example, there are three recommendations. That was the way that I believed to be most clear to the community, to be able to show the community the life cycle of this item and all of the meetings that this item took place at. There's two ARC committee meetings this, this item took place at, and it also went to council. And so all three recommendations from all meeting bodies are listed on the agenda. Uh, we do not have a recommendation coming out of this committee. This is the committee's work, and the city attorney and I were tasked by this committee and by the full council to work with this committee on the protocols. And so I just want to second uh, Andy's comments about how we arrived at these optional amendments and also provide that uh, over the past year and a half that I've been the city clerk as well, the optional amendments are coming from issues that have arised at council meetings based off of these protocols. So I want to be very clear that, uh, again, these are not recommendations that Andy and I are making. These are observations that we've made over the past year and a half for what I'll call as the pain points in the protocols for city council. I'll also offer to the committee that in addition to uh, working with Andy, uh, Andy and I both have done extensive outreach through our networks to other cities, other jurisdictions, and followed best practices. And so I just want to provide that context for the committee as well to understand the background that went into both uh, arriving at these optional amendments between Andy and I. Uh, and, and I have uh, surveyed and, and talked with hundreds of clerks uh, as it relates to city council protocol. So I just wanted to provide the context to both the committee and the public about the noticing. Also did want to remind the public that this meeting is being recorded and the recorded video will be available uh, at the conclusion of the meeting. Thank you. Okay. So here's how I'm envisioning this works. Uh, so we're gonna tackle the uh, the recommendations that were provided by staff uh, as kind of our initial talking points. Um, then we'll have the uh, policy that we discussed 
that legal counsel is preparing, that we would look at that at our, our next meeting, and then ideally we'll then have a third meeting to kind of wrap everything up, and then my, my personal goal, but I don't want to be rushed, is the council is going to review goals and objectives for 24 February 5th. So I'm hoping that this is something that could be reviewed at that February 5th meeting. We might not get there, uh, which is fine, but if we can, I'd like to, that's, that's where I'm trying to get, <clears throat> get this to uh, on it. So again, uh, I was gonna say there were 10, we have 10 people that have uh, taken the time out of their schedules to be here, and I wanna thank all of you. So uh, George Amendola messed up, showed up late, so there's 11 now, but. Uh, <laughs> 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 so but, uh, so what, what I'd like to do is I think on these initial recommendations, I would like to take them in bite-sized chunks. So I'm, I'm initially thinking we'll, do, we'll work on like five at a time, and I'd like to be this somewhat iterative process um, on it, so I wanna make sure everybody gets a chance to speak if they wanna speak. But if before we get started, you have comments that you'd like to make before we get started, I would encourage you, this would be the point where I would like to get public comments as we start this entire process on your ideas and thoughts uh, right now. But then, like I said, my initial concept is that we'll take these in five, five items at a time, um, and hopefully we're out of here by eight o'clock. So that's kind of my, my goal. So it does, I, I believe everybody filled out a speaker card. This might be your last chance to fill out a speaker card, according to this. Uh, no. We, we could take public comment however the chair sees fit. Yeah, so, uh, so if you'd like to start out with public comments, I'm gonna open the floor up now uh, for that. So what I'll do is I can call who submitted a speaker card. If you wanna speak now, go ahead and come up to the podium. If you wanna uh, wait to make your comments when we take that item, it's your choice. So up first is Scott McCarty, followed by Bert Handy, followed by Wendy Souter. And again, we'll, you know, we'll take them, as the chair mentioned, in bite size, uh, but of course you're open to, to make your comments now. Yeah, I mean, feel free to Okay, my, my comments are actually about the last five items on the proposed amendments list, but I'll, I'd like to go ahead and talk about those now. Honorable committee members and council members, council and city clerk, I have a number of comments regarding proposed amendments 23 through 27 to city council protocols. Regarding proposals 23 and 27, eliminate speaker cards. Why? The justification is makes public comment period more efficient and streamlined. To me, this doesn't make sense. Speaker cards are what make public comment efficient and streamlined. Imagine a call for an in-person lineup during a meeting at which there were over 70 speakers, as at a recent council meeting. The scene would be akin to being at an airport boarding gate, not being in council chambers. Not only would distraction be immense, but think about it we would potentially be requiring some speakers to stand in line for over two hours before speaking. Having the lineup would be discriminatory against some residents who may have physical limitations that preclude them from standing for that long. Not a good idea from either a moral or legal standpoint. Moreover, why make a last call for speakers when there are five remaining speakers in line? Some late prospective speakers may still be formulating their thoughts or even mustering the courage to speak right up until the very end. Making such a last call with 15 minutes remaining in the public comment period is an unwarranted restriction of public input. Proposal 24, comments limited to two minutes unless there are fewer than 10 speakers. Why? The justification is encourages the public to be concise. 
while providing some certainty as to how much time speakers will have as they prepare. Speakers are of necessity already concise with the current 180-second limit. Moreover, instead of providing some certainty about planning for speaking time, keeping the current three-minute limit would provide the public full certainty in how much time they will have as they prepare. Proposal number 25, limits ceded to six minutes. Why? The justification is provides opportunity for members of the public to gain more time to provide comments. This justification strikes me as Orwellian. The amendment does precisely the opposite. The public loses time to provide comments. Proposal 26, public communication at the beginning of each meeting with a maximum of 20 speakers. If more than 20 speakers wish to address council, how are the 20 speakers chosen if there are no speaker cards? When the call for in-person lineup is made, what kind of indecorous mad dash might ensue as speakers rush to be one of the first 20? The bottom line is that amendments 23 through 27 are a curtailment of public input to the process of city government and should be soundly rejected. Thank you for these three minutes. Bert Handy, followed by Wendy Souter. Good evening, council members, and hopefully your evenings are going very well. I'm basically here to talk about the optional amendments to the city council protocols. And the ones I was concerned with, I'll start with number 12. Council members' questions and comments are held for five minutes. Well, why is it that the council members have five minutes worth of time and the public only has three? I believe that you guys should start your rounds with a three-minute and go through a three-minute run because sometimes things are being said that are repetitive, that are irrelevant, and should not be addressed. You're limiting the full public to five minutes, to three minutes per time. I believe the council members should do that. And if you think about the seven council members, if everyone took that, that's 35 minutes. If you did it in three minutes, that's 21 minutes. That's 14 minutes saved time for somebody who's not going to really address the issues of the comments. On number 21, there again, two public comments is five minutes, and it's basically coming down to the same issue. Non-due process hearings place council questions after public comments in five-minute rounds. That should be a three-minute round also for the same reasons. Eliminate speaker cards. Now, a problem with that and eliminating the speaker cards is if you take everybody in the room, say like when we were talking about the, the Brock issue over there on Vista Del Mar, you probably had 70 speakers, or some of the times, I believe that was on the avenue, 70 speakers, and you probably had 150 people. Do you want all those people to stand in line inside the council chambers? That's an inappropriate way to do that. Because you've got, if you have a line, it's a violation of the fire code. You need to address that issue. In regards to 25, the six-minute limit, I believe that should be at least three speakers instead of six minutes or two speakers. Because if somebody is presenting something to the council, like the Brock inf information, and you have somebody who's really taking the time to research the thing and they're speaking for like three people, and they're going to be the fa bring the facts out on something that's important, I believe that should be a three-minute minimum, or three-person minimum, nine minutes or ten minutes. And basically, those are the sum of my comments. Thank you. Wendy Souter.
Good evening. I was very surprised to learn of optional items 22 through 27 on tonight's agenda. Council has stated many times that hearing from the public is very important. Key provisions of the Brown Act are designed to assure the public is not only aware of legislative items, but also so their voices will be heard. Items 23 through 27 eliminate speaker cards, limit public speaking time to two minutes if there are more than 10 speakers, limit seated time to six minutes rather than nine, and finally restrict public communication at the, be at the beginning of the meeting to 90 seconds with a maximum of 20 speakers. If more than 20 speakers, they're pushed to the end of the meeting, and these changes are exactly the opposite of the direction of the Brown Act, in my opinion. Have you thought about, the, have you thought through the process of lining up 10, 20, 30, 40 speakers in council chambers? For people with mobility issues, they may be forced to stand in line for quite some time or wait to the very end and even then potentially have to stand 10 minutes before giving their two minute speech. Several people like myself are not public speakers. It is very difficult to try and put together a speech in three minutes, much less two. As you know, several people are cut off at the end of their talk before they can even finish. If you don't truly value public's input, then just say so rather than trying to mask it under the pretense of efficiency. Item 22 appears to eliminate any restriction on staff's time. It's the complete opposite of what you're proposing for the residents who elect you. If you're really interested in efficiency, maybe hold more meetings or make announcements at the end of the meeting. I just found out about this, um, so I'm sure there's other ways that you could be more efficient. The changes that you're proposing tonight are bad, and I urge you not to approve them. It's hard enough for the public to come and speak. Perhaps council can make, um, I've already said this, make announcements at the end or more. Um, I'm really adamantly opposed to the changes, and I ask you not to approve them. Thanks for your time. Terry Foley, followed by Glenn Overly. Good evening. Uh, you know, a lot of times when I come to these meetings, I learn, I learn as I listen to other people, and then I form what I'm going to say after what they've, what they've said. I'd like to, you know, I haven't really studied the, the extended agenda, but I'm following what Scott and others have said, and seconding that, please. And then proposing, I mean, there are some people right now, if all these changes were made, they wouldn't help them at all. If you take somebody like Laura Kenny or Suzanne McCombs, they speak at the first meeting of each month because that's the meeting they know that they can speak early. They know they'll have three minutes. With all these changes that are proposed, they work completely against Laura. Everybody sees what I'm saying here, right? They work against Laura <laughs> and they work against Suzanne. So they're saying, well, if this was supposed to be a balanced decision, where's the balance? So what I would say is, Maybe a way to do this would be to keep the protocols that are in place for the first meeting of the month, and then if there's one or two or three other meetings that month, the other, uh, the other things could kick into place. That's what happens now, is that the first meeting of the month has certain rules, and the subsequent meetings have other rules. So if, I don't think anybody would feel cheated 
if that was the case. Right now, so many people don't come to the subsequent meetings of the month simply because they'd have to be into the, in the council chambers until midnight to speak for three minutes. So I think I, think I, I cover my points here is that maybe there's a compromise, a hybrid uh, approach to this that would, be, that would respect you know, people like Laura and Suzanne. I speak at any meeting, so I'm not one of those people. But, and, and would also respect the people who are, who are gonna be moved forward in the meeting, which they would appreciate, but still wanna be able to speak enough to get their point across. Thank you very much. Next speaker, Glenn Overly. Glenn, you do have uh, time seated to you. If you wanna use the whole time now, otherwise there will be uh, an additional opportunity, you let me know. I don't suspect I'll use the whole time, but uh, I wanna talk a little slower than I normally do. I'm a better interviewer than I am a speaker. So for those reasons, I try to make as many notes. So Michael, will I get the full six now? Yeah, of course, yeah. It's, no one's gonna stop you, so go for it. Thank you, sir. Oh, I liked a better 651. <laughs> First of all, Andy, thank you for the explanation. Michael, there was no doubt that you uh, noticed this meeting appropriately. I don't think that was the issue. I think you do a great job. Um, council, I've had minimal time to digest the subject matter. I can say categorically that much like Scott, I completely do not support items 23 through 27. Citizens have the right to participate in local government. The three-minute public comment times on the agenda items appears to be the accepted standard that has been upheld in court decisions throughout the state of California. Public comments on non-agenda items is still gray. Can it be limited by the number of speakers? So far, the courts are leaning in that direction. I don't know that Ventura has to do that. But think about the recent lengthy meetings that we've had. The council GPAC meeting ran long. I think council was awesome letting people talk about what was promised at the beginning of the general plan amendment process. Citizens were promised opportunities to provide public comment. The fact that some of council thought they could pass the amended general plan in a short amount of time is not on the citizens. That is on the staff and council. Missing grant funding timelines is on staff for poor planning or not understanding the big picture. On box 25, limited seat time to six minutes. The table justifies this as it will provide opportunities for more time for the public to provide comments. I agree with Scott, exact opposite effect. The public will lose four minutes. The current seed times are listed as 10 minutes, which means three speakers would give me their time and I would lose two minutes overall because I would normally have 12 minutes. It saves time. Box 23, no speaker cards. Citizens to line up like cattle going to the slaughter. This is so disrespectful to the citizens and creates an environment that will reduce participation for a variety of reasons. Age, ADA issues, health issues for standing for long periods of time, nervousness, anxiety, and on and on. Justification, make comment period more efficient and streamlined. Have we not learned anything from our streamlined ordinance? That is not working so great either. I suspect these ideas at a college campus would work great. I just do not seem the same desired effect in Ventura. 
Citizens are speaking more in our city for a variety of reasons. The prior council's activities created an environment of distrust and required citizens to understand their rights. As a result, they speak on various issues and get people to cede time to them. Let's look at some long meetings. The Southern California Edison plant in Westside. Pollution, pollution issues mobilize that community. GPAC land use. Multiple speakers throughout the city expressed their concerns over losing their jobs. Energy resilient plan. Highly educated and motivated citizens discuss the deficiencies in that program. Cal card uses by McIntyre and staff. Council did not investigate this, so citizens did. It required the time. Water Pure, $180 million, oops, this is coming soon. Poor planning, unrealistic goals, or timelines does not create an emergency for the citizens. At the end of July, this committee understood it had timelines and did not take action sooner. I know there was an August meeting and a canceled September meeting. Again, poor planning does not make this an emergency. But Bill, it sounds like what you said, you're gonna have a little bit more time to shape this into, into uh, submission. The language of the agenda is extremely misleading. The agenda topic number one is related to policy consideration, singular, related to the harassment subject matter from July 17th ARC meeting. Unless one reads carefully, you would not understand the entire city council protocols, plural, is the real subject matter and is not clearly listed on the agenda. You're not building trust. It feels like a bait and switch tactic to keep citizens from participating. Let me talk about some citizen accomplishments because we've been able to speak. Brown Act violation came from the citizens. McIntyre cow card usage came from the citizens. Winegate in Sacramento, citizens. Paso Robles field trip for executive managers. And by the way, go back and look how many of those executive managers are still here. That was an ugly situation, and I think the fact that we lost McIntyre was good for us. Just a reminder, city council sets protocols, not staff. The city attorney makes certain that whatever you do is legal. It is alarming that Councilmember Duran said that he had seen a document on the city attorney's desk and knew there were some ideas from the city clerk related to amendments to the protocol. After tonight's conversation, it kind of makes more sense. Citizens elected each of you for your ideas. Where is the policy consideration for harassment by staff council members? Why is it not included in this package so citizens can discuss it? The message to me is loud and clear if what has been said is true. It gives the appearance that we're trying to shut citizens down rather than listen to them. We own a little part of the city too through taxes. Thank you. Amy Cherry, followed by Bob Guthrie. Hi everybody, thank you. I, I know it was, uh, I saw it, you know, a week ago as the harassment policy, so I didn't even look at it till someone brought it to my attention, so I'm not prepared, but I'll just go down it. Um, one way to make meetings more efficient is have them every week, then you don't have to cram everything in one night. Um, 
and try to shorten our time speaking. Item number two, minutes will no longer reflect speakers' names. Now, if something is appealed, how do we know who spoke? How do we know who was present? That's really important. Uh, item number five, delete all video recordings, public proceedings, they're posted online, just because it's not true, then just say, most proceedings are posted online for the public to view. At least you're letting us know to look there. Number 18, questionable um, city council meetings to end at 11 p.m. It's kind of specific. Um, you might want to think about that. And then item eight, eliminate the 10 p.m. vote to hear a new item. If you do that, at least maybe make a note of the time so people realize there's only an hour left before everyone gets cut off. They'll feel like a public speaker and say, oh, time's up. Uh, let's see, um, you know, HCD, the Coastal Act, even the public resources all urge public participation, input, and speakership. Why are you trying to eliminate it or shorten it? Um, item 15, council members may ask questions. What did I write? Uh, no, the public be able to, oh, so if an item's pulled, how is, isn't pulled, and they just make their no vote, how is the public going to be allowed to speak if it's not pulled? Public comments have already been closed, and now the item that they wanted to talk about isn't going to be allowed to let them speak. That's item 15. That's actually really important. Uh, item 22. Um, creates uncertainty, why would you uh, delete the presentation time length language? Um, this way, if, if we know they have 10 minutes, they have 10 minutes. If they have five, they have five. If you make a 10-minute presentation and you show up and the mayor says, oh, sorry, you only have five, it, it, that's not creating certainty, it's creating uncertainty. Item 23, which you said twice, eliminate speaker cards. Um, well, people have already gone over that. I think that's pretty clear. Um, and again, the agenda item needs to be really clear or people aren't going to know what's actually on the agenda. Thank you. Bob Guthrie, followed by Natalie Bruton. I'll just start by saying I'm not in favor of anything that shortens the public speaking time, but I am highly in favor of making meetings more efficient. I mean, there's, there's nothing worse than going into a meeting and a presenter has pre prepared 150 slides and they are hell-bent on presenting every one of those in great detail to you. So anything that can make it more efficient, I'm all for it. Um, just lost my train of thought. I have to put my glasses on so I can see my notes here. Oh. So how do you make things more efficient? I mean, some of you have probably heard, most of you have probably heard of lean manufacturing, lean enterprise. Um, lean is designed to make things more efficient. One of the key tenets of it is eliminating waste and eliminating non-value-added processes. So I looked at some of your suggestions, and I think it was number 23 is the time card, or the, the speaker card thing. I agree, that's an inefficient process, and it can be improved. Um, I think it, it should be looked at in some detail because right now the seeding of time is actually fairly efficient and an alternative may make that seeding of time less efficient. 
I know when a speaker walks up and hands Michael a card right in the middle of him controlling a WebEx and slides and, and getting motions and everything, it's got to be disruptive to him. And, and Michael is one guy that I truly respect for being not only efficient but extremely well organized. So thoughts he has around how to make these meetings more efficient has a lot of credibility with me. Um, limiting speakers' time. Uh, if we go back to what I said about lean, that you, uh, you make things more efficient by eliminating waste and you eliminate non-value-added processes, the optics of shortening speakers' time kind of says that public's thoughts are not valued, that they're not considered a value-added process, and maybe the reason that we have to allow those two minutes is because of the Brown Act. So that's, I'm not saying that that's the council's intention, uh, but I'm saying that will be the optics. And um, I think it's stated in there as justification. It was pointed out that justification for most of those items is really just rhetoric. It's not fact. Um, there was a justification that it will force the public to be more concise and more prepared. Well, that's kind of a generalization. I think some speakers come up there and are not very well prepared, but I think others come up and they are very well prepared. And in regards to making comments that uh, are concise, I mean, I think everybody should look in the mirror on that, especially some of the council members. So that's all I had to say, but I do support making meetings more efficient. And our final speaker is Natalie Bruton. Boy, there's a height difference. You came late, no, you came late. That's good. Um, thank you very much. Uh, good evening, council members here and our city attorney and city clerk staff. Thank you for the opportunity to express our concern regarding the, some of the additions to the proposed city council protocol amendments. Prior, prior discussions on protocol updates were focused on the interactions between council and staff, between council members, including the processes of addressing HR concerns. It was my understanding that these amendments were to be developed and presented by an outside source, which was confirmed again this evening, which specialized in these HR matters. This is what the current public communications are aware of. So you can imagine my surprise when this special meeting now also includes drastic changes to how we, the public, are to interact with you, all of our elected officials and, our, and the staff that help us get the jobs done. The optional, amend, the optional amendments presented in this table regarding Article 8, addressing council, has never been discussed openly with the public. I understand that staff has reviewed these protocols from what was noted earlier this evening, but this was done without direction or however it appears to be somewhat in a vacuum. I, the contents of item 23 through, 7 th through 27 I find some absolutely degrading and are not in the best interest of our council or our public, and I'm quite disappointed. Um, item 23, if I am to line up in, queue, in a queue like bread for an impoverished country, I could be at the end and I'm of the line and I may not be able to see what's going on and that would be difficult because part of the things is when you're up, you try and engage and not duplicate things at all possible. The current process, which was instituted fairly recently of calling a few speakers up, is reasonable and has promoted efficiency. So there are great ideas out there that we can help and I think that was Michael had come up with that. Limiting our item 25 to 26, limiting our ability to speak is 
absolutely wrong. There are brilliant citizens in the city who come forward with great solutions which the city and the council should hear. By truncating our time, you prevent this information from being brought forward, and it is your job to listen to your constituents, not silence us. We have all witnessed excellent presentations which are worthy of nine minutes. Regarding speaker cards, I think that can be completely made more efficient, as Bob said. Maybe have a computer kiosk and it loads that way. Something that would make it a lot easier for Michael because it is difficult. I've interrupted him, I know it's hard, and he looks at me like I'm crazy, so I get it. Um, these inputs need, these changes need to be brought forward to the public and so that we can all be discussed and come up with better ideas to help make our council chambers much more efficient. We're all worthy of the time that we need to speak, each of us. Limits are okay, but not decreased. Thank you very much. And our final speaker, George Amendola. Who's late? Hi, good evening, everyone. Council, Mr. McDonald, Mr. Hagelin. My comments are gonna be a little bit different. I think change is good. I'm just not necessarily sure that this is the change that will satisfy everybody. And I think perhaps it needs more work. I've, for approximately nine years, I've sat through a, maybe about 50% of the council meetings from start to finish because of the broadband item. And in some of those meetings, I have wanted to speak only to learn that the agenda item had been pulled that was relevant to why I was there. And um, there was no notification of that previously. During this time, we also shifted from a council at large to district representation. And I observed that participation from the community has increased with the shift to district representation. People have now accountability with their electeds based on the districts they live in, so that's a shift. And I'm gonna recommend something a little bit different because I've also paid attention to many of the city council meetings in other cities in this county and also the county. And I think the county does it very well where they have time-sensitive agenda items, that the agenda items start at a certain time. Now, the county also has supervisors who are full-time paid employees to represent their constituents. The city does not. So if there was an opportunity to have our electeds representing the districts be full-time electeds with a paid salary to justify their time and commitment, I think that would help solve some of these issues that they would have more public access and be available to meet with their constituents and more time to dedicate with workshops. And that's something that's missing here because I think that with staff presentations consuming a significant part of the meetings, I think any presentations by staff that are longer than 15 or 20 minutes consume an incredible amount of the time for each meeting and then with dialogue from council and questions and answers, the time for the meetings becomes evaporated. And then the meetings with two meetings a month, and now I think, I hope we've moved to three. I think that's been a recent shift. I think the frequency of those meetings will loosen up some of the agenda items. But anything longer than a staff presentation of 15 to 20 minutes, I I believe that staff has not adequately prepared council uh, with the agenda item because they haven't had time to dissect the nuances. So I think there's a lot to improve here. 
And I think there's a lot that the ARC committee could have input in. And I think it's great that the community showed up to share their opinions. Thank you very much. Mr. Chair, that concludes public comment on yes. agenda item one. Uh, and Mr. Chair, I do have a quick question for you as well. Uh, I wasn't sure when would be the appropriate time to provide some clarifying points, if you'd like for me to address those when we get to the item uh, or whatever you prefer. There were a couple of, of things that I wanted to share. Why don't you go ahead and do that now? Sure, thank you, I appreciate that. So one thing that I, I didn't do in my opening remarks was kind of lay out this table. So I just wanted to do that real quick. Um, I wanted to uh, refer to the section piece. So the optional amendments refer to the section of the current protocols. So I wanted to just highlight that these uh, optional amendments are coming from the current protocols and highlight, for example, the, uh, the optional amendment of more than 10 speakers. That's currently in the protocol. Uh, seating time, the six minutes as an example, if the time was to go to two minutes, the protocol stays the same. Three people seed time, we get to six. So I wanted to provide that clarifying point as well. The current protocol is about the speaker times and 20 minutes at the uh, 20 speakers at the beginning of the minute. The current protocols limit public comment to 30 minutes. If we adjusted the time, 20 speakers gets us to 30 minutes. So I just wanted to, to let folks know that a lot of these things are in the current protocols. I would encourage folks to read the protocols, uh, the current protocols, because a lot of these things are coming directly from there. Um, and then lastly, I just wanted to, uh, again, as it relates to the agenda, this is the fifth public meeting where this item has been agendized. Uh, the item has been agendized the exact same way as it relates to the Brown Act and recommendations. If you followed the agenda, for example, the, and you followed the sequential order, July 24th, the recommendation says changes to the full protocols. I just wanted to highlight that because the recommendation is in compliance with the Brown Act. And again, just know that these optional amendments, the goal is to standardize procedures and have consistency across our procedures. Public communications, for example, have a different process than formal item public communications. The intent is to have consistency with every meeting of the month, with every item of the agenda. So I just wanted to provide those uh, clarifying. When we get to the no speaker card, I'll have some comments as well about waiting in line. Thank you. Okay. Uh any comments, or do you want, would you like to proceed? Yeah. So what I'd like to do then, uh, since most of the focus has been on 23 and below, I just, let's, let's do this backwards uh, so that we can, uh, that, that seems to be the bulk of the conversation was with uh, public comments. And uh, so, and I want to kind of give my, uh, so overall goal, so I was trying to do one thing when uh, Councilmember Duran and I brought forward the initial item, and it kind of morphed into this, because uh, the, the council tasked this committee with looking at all of the protocols. So, and then staff, again, it, they just made the recommendations that council had directed them to do. So again, as, as with everything, it all lies with the council, not not with staff, you know, they're just following through with that. So, you know, I appreciate this as a, a starting point. Um, I don't think their intent was anything as a recommendation. It is just literally a starting point to have that conversation. Uh, and it seems, since we had most of the conversation around 23, you know, 23 and on, let's, let's just start there uh, and we can work backwards. And then, 
My other comment is, uh, and this came up in the charter, and this is more my personal beliefs, uh, long-term goals for this council and, and the city as a whole is, I think we need to start, we've, we do a lot of things because we've always done it that way. Uh, so I, I would be interested, the, the, the speakers, you were all very eloquent in your comments. You, you told me what you didn't like. I, I would like you to tell me what you like also as we kind of move forward this conversation. So I want this to be an iterative process between those of you that came here and so that when we make this full, this recommendation to the full council, you know, we've had an opportunity to listen to, to what you're saying uh, there on it. And again, going back to that, we've always done it this way. I, I think we've excluded people, as uh, City Attorney Hagelin was saying, that they, they don't speak because they're intimidated or, you know, they're, they're in the minority. And uh, I think it, that rolls all the way up to council where people haven't run that might be interested in running for a variety of reasons. Uh, and uh, I think, uh, Mr. Overly, you picked up on it uh, at your, your comments on Monday night, is I want to start moving, and I don't know if it's the right word, but a more family-friendly you know, way to do things like that. And so that's really the, the kind of the scope I want to take this in, that we're improving this process for everybody so that everybody feels included and wants to be part, you know, that wants to be part of it. My personal greatest frustration about government is how we spend all of our time learning about the federal government, which is important. Democracy is full participation and you gotta, you gotta be a part of it. But in the third grade, you learn there's, there's a police chief, a fire chief, and the mayor, and you never talk about a city again. And yet, I feel like we have the most impact on everybody's life every day. I mean, it's literally where the rubber meets the road. But, you know, most people can tell you who the president is, I'd like to believe, but they can't tell you who the mayor is, you know, but yet the mayor probably has more effect on your daily life than the president does, you know, um, on it. So I want to figure out how do we make this process so we're engaging more of the public process um, in that. Uh, so as part of this, I would like to understand, and I think you started to allude to it uh, to, as the city clerk, and let's just start with the first meeting of the month. Uh, so we have uh, public comments at the beginning. The current protocol, as I understand it, is 30 minutes of uh, public. Uh, so theoretically, we would allow 10 speakers to speak for 30 minutes. And, and again, I, I believe that that's a loose interpretation because it's probably closer to nine speakers by the time you, you do that. Now, we don't follow that protocol, in my opinion, in the slightest. Um, I guess my first question is, where are we if we start following that protocol as is adopted, like, in these protocols, it says, first meeting of the month, 30 minutes public comment. Where do you think that would take us on most of our meetings? Sure. Well, thank you for that uh, question, Councilmember McReynolds. I would just say these are council protocols. Uh, you're absolutely right that that protocol exists today. Uh, it's up to the mayor and council to uh, implement those protocols. And so if we were to, for example, implement the protocol that we have in place, 
uh, then that would as well help us with meeting efficiency. Now keep in mind, there is a second public comment portion at the end. And that's why in some of these optional amendments, we have tried to find a different way to have more folks be able to participate at the beginning of the meeting, which by the way, the optional amendment is to have public comments at the beginning of all city council meetings. Um, and find a way where folks don't have to wait till midnight on the second night, or folks don't have to wait till that second comment period. Some folks might wanna get up and say 10 seconds, 15 seconds, 60 seconds. We wanna provide an opportunity for them and to increase the number. So the goal of the optional amendment is to increase, if we were implementing the protocols, increase the number of speakers that we can have in that initial public communications portion. Okay. And if I can, if I can add to that, the, the intent of that was to essentially provide an opportunity for people who wanted to make brief comments to, to do that at the beginning of each meeting. We've had several speakers over the last few weeks at council meetings say that there should be public communications at, each, at the beginning of each meeting. So we wanted to try to accommodate that. Uh, but the, the rest of that optional amendment talks about um, those who don't want to have that abbreviated time can wait until the end of the meeting and have the standard time, which would be whatever the council ultimately decided it would be. So that was the intent. It wasn't to shut off comment or uh, keep people from talking. It was just to give an outlet for people who wanted to make a brief comment. Everyone else could wait till the end uh, and, and then have the standard time. Let me, let me see if so when we when we bring an item like this the the public is going to review with us we really need to say those things clearly and i don't think it was clear even to me that the optional time at the end is for people who want more than 90 seconds or x amount so if if we can be really clear in these written reports Do you mind using the podium? Uh, for recording purposes, we'll have all speakers use the podium, please. Uh, and just a reminder to speak clearly into the microphone. So I, I agree with everything that everybody said right now. I think the purpose of that initial you know, public comment is for the guy that has a broken street light and hasn't got any, I mean, I get all that. And I think over time, like if you were to do a hybrid of this, so the first meeting of the month, you do the full 30 minute deal, the second one, you limit people to the 90 seconds, the third one, et cetera. I think in the long run, you're gonna become very efficient where people no longer have to, you know, all gather on that one Monday and say what they have to say. And I agree wholeheartedly that there are people that are gonna come, they're gonna take 10, 15 seconds and get out of there. But there are other people that get very prepared and have hard issues with facts that they wanna to provide to council and that's really their only option. So they know that first Monday of the month is always gonna be you know, the one where hopefully you get three minutes, there's only 10 speakers or so. But I believe if you have those other meetings, it's gonna get down to something like that. And you're gonna have the occasional thing like with the stabbing that happened at Aloha Steakhouse where people are gonna come and they're gonna be pissed. And if, if council decides and the count, the, two councils ago didn't decide this, but if council said, oh no, we're sticking to our guns, it's 30 minutes, dude, wait to the end, they're gonna lynch you guys in public because all the TV stations were there. So I think there needs to be some flexibility, but I understand the frustration of council. You wanna do your business and get the heck out of there, but by the same token, don't forget who your ultimate bosses are 
They're the citizens that elect you to do business in their behalf, even though they don't give up their rights to communicate. Mr. Chair, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I have one question in terms of uh, that, well, as for the city attorney. Uh, so the case uh, of the Loja uh, Steakhouse incident, um, theoretically the, the protocol would have been when they decided to let everybody speak, and I, I wasn't in attendance of that meeting, but they would have, uh, the protocol should have been that they suspended the rules and then allowed, which and I guess as a larger point, regardless of what we make the recommendations on the, this entire document, at any point the council could move to suspend the rules and, and do what it chooses, you know, uh, ba hopefully based on a reason, but uh, that's always available to the council uh, on it. These are, the, these are protocols, they're not laws, I guess is what I'm trying to say mm -hmm. um, on it. So, but yeah, thank you for your. Yeah, and that assumes that council's connected with all the citizens, the districts that you are involved in, like you are in touch with those people, so you know there are times where they need to speak. And I think council recognized that at the GPAC um, land stuff. You allowed district one to talk. Those people are very upset. When they left the room, complete different thing. I think council just needs to stay very aware of their audience. Can I, I just wanted to provide a little bit more kind of thought process that went into this. Um, one, of the, one of the goals I think we had was to, to help the mayor um, in, in, in the generic sense have some objective rules that, that can be followed because I think our experience has been, I think you saw that uh, during the GPAC conversation where we had the first night we had 70 speakers, um, time was shortened to two minutes. Um, and so people on the west side got an abbreviated time. The next meeting, um, the, the mayor suggested reducing the time and the audience erupted and argued against that. So that was an inconsistency and frankly, an unfairness that occurred in that process. And so our goal was to, um, to have some objective standards. Um, we were also concerned that um, if we had, if we had um, a process which allowed people to, to monopolize that initial public comment period, so let's say the people that are able to get to the meetings early, able to submit their cards early, um, Michael takes them in the order that they come in, so the same 10 people could monopolize that public communication time. Uh, and so we thought, well, is there a way to do a lottery? Do you just have a randomizer where you take people randomly? What do you do to try to make the process fair? Because if you're gonna give people 30 minutes and then everyone else has to move to the end of the meeting, it's not fair for someone who gets there at six because they get off work and they, they just do what they could to get there. That was part of our process. And so this 90 second, three minute thing kind of came up as we were trying to think of a solution for how to, how to resolve some of those, some of those complexities. And, and Mr. Chair, I'll just add from sitting in my seat, I appreciate that we have uh, folks who attend all our city council meetings. We also have folks who do not. And every meeting, uh, that's not the first meeting of the month, uh, my office is telling people that public communications is at the end of the meeting and they're very upset. So I, I appreciate that we have folks who attend every meeting and know that the first meeting is structured in that regard. Uh, not everyone does, and it's inconsistent. And so on a regular basis, we are hearing from folks that are disappointed that they don't have an opportunity to provide the public comment at the beginning of the meeting. So 
I guess my first question for staff would be, in my experience, Ventura uh, is the only jurisdiction that does the back and forth. Are you aware of other jurisdictions with public comment, uh, the first of the month, the first meeting is at the beginning, the second meeting it's the end. Uh, is that, are there other jurisdictions that do that or is everybody pretty consistent about the Thank you for that. I, I'm not aware of another jurisdiction doing that. Uh, what, what I am aware of is I would say that we're probably the only jurisdiction in the county of Ventura that doesn't consider reducing the speaking time per the, the number of speakers. So I do appreciate the, the shout out to the way that the county manages the meetings. The last time I gave public comment at a, at a county meeting, I had 60 seconds. And so could you, how does county... How does the county do their... So when I attended the county meeting, for example, I was on the meeting virtual and uh, no notification was given to the speakers of the speaker time. Uh, I too share uh, with the community that I had three minutes prepared. When 60 seconds hit, my microphone was shut off and they went to the next speaker with no comment to me. Um, that, of course, is not a recommendation that I would make. But they have protocols in place that are set by the number, automatic by the number of speakers. Now, I would argue for a land use item, when we set a number of speakers to say 10, 15, 20 speakers, uh, I would say that those 79 speakers that came out for the land use item knew that there were going to be 79 speakers for that land use item and would be able to prepare for any changed uh, public comment time, for example. And so with this specific one, as it relates to public communications, in another jurisdiction, I did a lotto, for example, and I appreciate Natalie's uh, recommendation to have a, a computer or an iPad. We explored that as well. I'll share that currently. It takes me six computers to run a meeting. Uh, so, and three staff members. So we did explore a computer, an iPad, a randomizer, a lottery. In my last jurisdiction, we literally had a lottery where we spun the lottery and picked 10 speakers, and that's who spoke during public communications. Andy and I both tried to find a way where we could increase the number of speakers that we could have at that public communications while standardizing the process. And then, so, and I apologize, I don't know the answer, to, or not the, so we have public comments on every, you know, it's either the beginning or the end, and then we have public comments during a staff report. Is there any limit on the number of speakers that can speak during a, a specific item, a staff report? So for a formal item, what the Brown Act says is that the public has to have an opportunity to speak prior to council uh, taking action. So that would mean during a formal item, you can't limit, say, the number of speakers. Anyone who wishes to speak on the item should be given that opportunity to speak. And then, so our protocols allow the mayor to reduce that time based on the number of speakers. So our current- and again, these are the staff reports. Sure. Our current protocols say that for public communication items only, so public communication, non-agenda matter comments, if there are more than 10 speakers, right now, what the protocols say is that the, the time can be reduced uh, to allow for more public comment. Uh, it's a gray area as it relates to formal items because there's no mention of anything as it relates to uh, the time for formal items other than standardizing the three minutes. So right now, council has the flexibility, of course, through waiving the, the protocols to limit the speaking time, but per the protocols to reduce the speaking time under public communications items, which is, again, another item of standardization for us. So staying on the, the conversation that we had regarding the west side land use. So for simple math, we had 80 speakers, let's say. Sure. And we reduced that time to two minutes. Mm -hmm. 
do the protocols as they stand today allow for that decision? In my interpretation, yes, they do. Okay. But it does not allow us to limit the number of speakers. That's correct. If we had 79 signed up speakers, you couldn't say we're only going to hear from 10. Okay. You'd have to take all 79. Okay. Which is, I just want to kind of set the ground rules. Sure. Uh, and then, so the, the discretion that the council currently, or the mayor, uh, is to reduce that time. Um, and so in, in the case of the West Side conversation, they reduced it to two minutes. Well, the discretion actually currently lies in the council, not the mayor. Not, not the full discretion of the mayor, but the council as a whole. And so if you recall on the west side, the decision was made by the full council to reduce the speaking time. That was a motion uh, and action was taken to reduce the speaking time. So any time that speaking time is gonna be reduced from three minutes to two, 90 seconds, whatever it is, the full council has to take that uh, currently, that's the interpretation that both Andy and I have, have made, that uh, given the gray areas of the protocols, the best path forward is to have council vote on it. Okay. And then to clarify, none of the recommendations that we're talking about tonight have anything to do with the formal items? Uh, they do. They're standardizing speaking time across the board. So there is a recommendation here, uh, recommendation 24, for example. Okay. And recommendation 4 does talk about, it keeps the the public comment period at three minutes unless there are more than 10 speakers. And so what I would argue is that on most of our items, uh, as the community will know. So you're saying 24, and what was the other one? Uh, 24 is uh, the one that talks about the speaking time, and 26 is the one that talks about 26. public communications. So for, for 24, for example, the standard stays three minutes unless there's more than 10 speakers. So the community and council will both uh, acknowledge that generally there are less than 10 speakers. You could go through now and look at the minutes. Of course, there's the exceptions of 79 speakers for a land use item, in which regard I believe that both council and the community and staff knew uh, well in advance of that meeting that there would be more uh, speakers for that item. So, so the standard would be off of this optional amendment. And the reason why this, the, the optional amendment says if there are fewer than 10 speakers, the 10 comes from the current protocols. The current protocols say if there are more than 10 speakers. What we'd like to do is standardize public comment for less than 10 speakers. And again, generally folks know when there are gonna be more than 10 speakers. And so then the standard becomes two minutes. And then to add to that, I think um, some of the feedback that I had received was if you, if you do it the way it currently is, somebody might prepare a three-minute presentation, and I think most of our speakers have you know, almost exactly three minutes prepared, and then they get to the meeting and find out, oh, there's a bunch of people here, now I'm only going to get two minutes. Now they're scrambling to try to adjust their, their presentation. So if we flipped the script and allowed generally two minutes, unless there were fewer than 10, then the, the uh, member of the public could prepare a two-minute presentation, and then if they get an extra minute, then they could elaborate or say additional comments. So that was in response to some feedback that I had received. It's a flip, it's a, you know, it flips the approach so that the standard is you prepare remarks for two minutes. Uh, there's less than 10. I don't think anyone would challenge a, an additional minute. And that 10 minutes, like, like Michael said, was just based on what we currently have. It could be any number. Yeah. That was just, uh, we just took that number. We, we just, it, the number existed, and that's uh, wholly why the number is in there. Let me go to my colleagues to see if they have any comments. Well, I'm trying to understand where we are now. We're, well, we're on 22, sorry, 23, 
through 27. I'll, I'll just note as well real quick on item 26 that talks about public communications. Um, in the chart as well, it says allows for the public to speak at the beginning of each meeting if those speakers are willing to limit their time to 90 seconds. All other public speakers will have an opportunity to speak at the end of the meeting for the standard time. Item 26, if we can make that clearer, please uh, share with us how, how we could make that more clear. Um, thank you. So I have a question for you in regards to the eliminating of the speaker card as sure. well as um, as well as standing standing in line. Can sure. you just kind of yes. came up with that? Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, thank you. We're referring to item number 23. I have it here up on the screen. Uh, eliminating speaker cards. So really the rationale behind this is the Brown Act does not require anyone to provide any information to be able to provide public comment. They can provide public comment anonymously. They can provide a first name. They could write on file, for example, as one of our speakers does uh, on the speaker card uh, every time. They're not required to complete the speaker card. I would also argue that our speaker card calls for more information than I would typically ask. For example, what are you going to speak on? What do you support? Do you oppose? Now the use of those speaker cards based off of our retention period is they go in a drawer for three months and then they get shredded. That's the only use of the speaker cards. The names are currently included in the minutes. What I would argue about the names and, and knowing who spoke at the meeting, all council meetings are recorded. Those videos are online, publicly available in video format, MP3, MP4, and they are kept permanently. Those videos will always be available of the city council meeting. Our current minutes are action minutes. Proper action minutes record the action of the meeting only. So the speaker's names, and I'll tell you, the only time that the speaker's names have ever been requested is from the reporter who missed the meeting and didn't catch the name of the public commenter. Now, again, I believe that our, our public speaker cards request too much information. I think they cause confusion. I think people have a hard time completing them at the front table. And the, the process for me, um, while I appreciate that folks think the process of seating time uh, is, uh, is a fluid process, what I can tell you for me, when I have 79 speaker cards and one person, speaker number two, said speaker number 45 is seating me time, I'm, I'm flipping through speaker cards. I've missed speakers, I've missed seated time, and uh, really the idea is if you eliminate the speaker cards, uh, which I will note is done in other jurisdictions as well, you, there was a lot of comment about lining up, uh, like cattle or, or lining up. Uh, you may notice during the land use item, I had five speakers at a time line up. They weren't out the door. They weren't at an airport security check-in gate. They were five speakers in front of, uh, of the chambers. The idea is, is if you call the public speakers, folks have an opportunity to decide when they want to get up and wait in line. We wouldn't ask 79 people to stand in line for two hours. We would have a very coordinated process where we would be calling speakers. We would design a line, for example, in the council chambers where we would set a number if we call 510. Members of the public would be able to sit down the entire public comment period time until they are ready to get in line. So the idea of the mayor calling for a last public comment, I'll note that that's currently in the protocols now. The mayor should be calling uh, per our protocols for last uh, speakers. The real reason for that is we need to be able to manage how much time we need for an item. What happens is, and you guys see it all the time, folks will continuously come up because either they want to be the last, 
today alone, I said, this is the last speaker, this is the last speaker. If you listen to any meeting, sometimes in a meeting, I might say it eight times, our last speaker, our last speaker, our last speaker, our last speaker. The idea of eliminating the speaker cards is, that's a lot of time spoken for me, calling names in between people coming up, people not being in the room, the seating time. So the idea is, is that the public comment period would become more efficient because folks would line up in a coordinated way. The public would have an opportunity to decide when they would line up, at what number they want to line up, similar to how people coordinate their public comment cards now. I can share that a lot of people in this room coordinate when their cards get submitted and who they get submitted with. It would be the exact same thing if you were lining up for public comment. You would get your group together, you would know, you could position people in line at certain points if you wanted to coordinate comments, for example, and that's really the idea of lining up. The idea is, is for the efficiency piece. If we could, and if you noticed, when during the land use item, when I lined five people up and didn't have to call the names in between, we got through 79 speakers, I would say, very, you know, faster than in the past and pretty successfully. Uh, if we eliminated the speaker cards alone, I, I believe that public comment uh, would flow. As it relates to the legality, the Brown Act requires nothing for public comment. Uh, I functioned public comment this way in two previous agencies, so you are correct to assume this recommendation uh, or optional amendment did come from me. And, and Andy and I are both willing to explore um, any option to increase our efficiency. We want to make it easier. The, the speaker cards cause a lot of confusion at the front table. That's kind of where we're at with speaker cards and lining up. Thank you. Thank you very much for that explanation. Chair? Excuse me. May I ask? Yeah. Let me, did you finish? Yeah. Okay. So just how would you suggest handling the seating time with this process? So in that process, I believe the seating time becomes a lot easier. Why? Somebody like to seed me a minute? You have a minute to seed me? Go ahead and raise your hand. You're going to seed me a minute. Now I have time seated to me. They have to be present in the room. Right now they have to be present in the room or present on the WebEx. I know there's confusion for some folks that are on a WebEx or in the room and don't realize. Uh, there's been some, some comments recently that uh, time was seated and the person wasn't physically, physically here and that's a violation of the protocol. There might be someone on remotely who tells me I'm seating time to someone in the room, uh, for example, and so the public doesn't always see that. But right now we confirm that the person is in the room, has submitted a speaker card, or is on the meeting virtually. The same would apply without a speaker card. You could, instead of having to line up or submit a speaker card, you could raise your hand and identify who is seating you time. Thank you. Let me see if, Ms. Sherry, did you have a question or microphone? Uh, uh, sorry, right up yeah, to the microphone the for the recording. Yeah, okay. You're okay? Good. That sounds like a good idea. Um, how do you prevent the person seating time from doing it multiple times, unless you remember who it was? Sure. Well, uh, Mr. Chair, if you'll allow, I, I, I appreciate that question. Uh, you'd be surprised, but I have a hawk eye. Uh, <laughs> I know who's in the room. Uh, I'm also jotting down notes throughout the whole meeting. And so generally I know who's in the room, um, and generally I'd be able to tell if, if folks were, were abusing that, for example, if we wanted to adjust the way that we were going to handle it, and the person could, for example, remain seating until the person walks up to the podium, and that person could walk up to the podium and confirm their seating time. Um, I'm, I'm more for making it easier for folks and uh, not assuming that people will abuse uh, 
uh, the power and, for example, seed uh, for every item. Uh, but you're right, it does present a challenge because I didn't know all 79 people there speaking for that land use item. Uh, but generally, we have two clerks and council is watching as well. But we could adjust how, how we might look at something like that. Okay, otherwise with that eagle eye, you can't go on vacation ever again. That, very true. <laughs> Sounding better and better. Um, item 24, um, just back, so that's the formal comments, correct, on a formal item? That's correct. Um, just maybe leaving even that one for three minutes. Um, if it's a formal item, I don't know if you've ever tried to express your thoughts in three minutes or less, when it's a really important thing and more than likely there'll be more than 10 speakers, that's probably when you need to have the most time because um, it's a complicated issue. Just something to think about. Um, I, I do appreciate the two-thirds two vote, um, and hopefully they'll see that as more time is warranted instead of there's so many speakers we have to cut the time. Because if there's a lot of speakers on a formal item or even a hearing item, um, it's probably because a lot people have a lot to say. Thanks. One thing I was thinking about, a lot of the time you guys have the consent items. I know it's not on here per se, but sometimes you guys will take a consent item and continue it to the next meeting. Say somebody comes in to talk about that consent item, they have lost that ability. So I believe that should be addressed before they're moved to another meeting. Because if I spend whatever time it takes to come down and discuss an item that's moved to the next meeting, you're really inconveniencing the public on that. Thank you. So so if we were gonna pull an item, let's say there's 10 items on consent, one item gets pulled for whatever reason, and it happens all the time, as you're aware. Is your proposal that the public speaker would still speak, let's say it's item five, so would still speak on item five even though the council is taking no action on five? Exactly, because they should be able to make their comments known as to what they feel about that exact item. I come in and I talk on the consent item. What I'm looking at is say you have 10 items and you say, Item number eight, we're not going to hear that today, we're going to move it to next week for whatever reason. Now that person who came in to speak on item number eight has no opportunity to address anything because his item's off the agenda. Now he's got to wait till the end of the meeting to discuss anything. So if you have an agendized item for consent, I believe that you should allow anybody that wants to speak if before you remove it and send it to the next meeting. Allow them to speak what they have to say about it. So I think for a point of clarification, we're not talking about pulling an item that we're going to be voting on. Continue. We're, we're talking about continuing an item. Right. No, I get it. So Reassigning it to another location, yeah. another time, another date and time. Now, I got another question. Wait, don't, you're, you're leaving. Don't leave. <laughs> Sorry. So, so the, meet, the item gets, in this hypothetical, the, the item gets carried two weeks later. Mm -hmm. You come back, do you get to speak on the item again? There's no reason not to because you could have changed your mind as to what's going on because they could have changed the item. Just, just trying to understand. Okay. Yeah, the thing about it is, is if somebody comes in to talk to a consent item, uh, you know, whatever it is, uh, just give an example, you know, for whatever, you have a dog leash issue or something like that going on, and you're going to move that item, it's a consent item, because you're going to deal with it with, um, you know, with the uh, county Humane Society, and you're moving it to two weeks later for some technical reason. 
Now that person came to talk to you about this item, they can't talk to you about it, but maybe they can't come in two weeks to talk about it. They should be afforded the opportunity to talk about it and just basically be able to make their comments and put them on the record. Chairman Reynolds, if I could just um, clarify, what Mr. Handy's describing is the way it should be operating. Okay. Um, and so, uh, and so what happens is practically you might say, Mr. Handy, do you understand that this item will be continued in two weeks? Would you still like to be heard? And Mr. Handy can say yes or no. And if he wants to be heard, then he should be able to be heard. So the current protocols allow for what? I don't that's think that's Brown in Act. the protocols, but the Brown Act. The Brown Act. Brown because Act. it's on the agenda, it should, they, they should be able to speak on that item. How does that make you feel? It, it may be a, a, we should do a better job at communicating that to you. It's not clear. And, yeah, and it's you're not thinking clear. because what ends up happening a lot of time, they move a consent item to whatever it is, but nobody talks about it and says, is anybody out here want to talk about this item? We're moving it. Do you guys have any comments? That's not being addressed to the public so they know. Okay. One last question. Wait, you're still leaving. <laughs> Glenn back here, so <laughs> I want this to be an iterative process. I'm getting my thousand steps this way. So if, uh, do you feel that that should be in the protocols then? Or by the fact that it's already in the Brown Act that, and we're not necessarily adhering to it? Well, it's something that the public doesn't know about because it's not being adhered to because nobody knows they can. Right. So, so even though it's in the Brown Act, as you say, we as public don't know what's 100% in the Brown Act, and if somebody moves it, that should be made as a statement before they move it to wherever it goes. That should be the mayor that's doing that before they make the decision to move it, in my opinion. And, and Mr. Chair, I would argue that should be for all items, not just consent items, Correct. but formal, public hearing, whatever the case may be, that should be for all items. So your recommendation would be that there should be a statement when it's pulled. It should be listed in the pro, it should be discussed to make sure everybody understands that's what the, pro, the Brown Act policy is and it should be followed. Okay. I agree. Yeah. May I? Yeah. So if, if I may ask, um, so, so it's one o'clock in the morning, we have uh, three items that we haven't gotten to yet and we decide we're just gonna postpone those. Mm -hmm. Whoever's there waiting, we, they, they all have an opportunity to speak on all three of those items. That's, that's what I'm hearing. Correct? That's correct. Okay. And, and in the current setup, I'd have a speaker card so I would know who would want to speak. In this new setup, the mayor would say, is anyone here to speak on 21, 22, 23 that would still like to speak on the item? They could raise their hand, for example, and then be called up to the podium. Great. Thank you. That's the Brown Act. So that is and that's the Brown Act. The Brown Act states if it's an agendized item, the, the, the public can speak on it. So if it appears on agenda, then there's an opportunity to speak. Uh, in in uh, Mr. Handy's case, uh, as council knows and, and the public, oftentimes we receive few public comments on consent. Mr. Handy does provide public comment on consent items quite often, and that has happened to him where items have, have been extended. And so I do think that we could do in addition to if, if the committee makes a recommendation to add that to the protocols, I think that as the clerk, I could do a better job at communicating that to the public speaker. So I appreciate that feedback. So this actual situation has happened with Natalie Bruton, where she spoke on an item that was pulled mm -hmm. because she was there and wasn't gonna be present. So we already have history where we did good. Right. So yeah, I think it'd be great to be in the protocols. Uh, just talking about 24 again. So, you know, I like many of the people that are here, the normal regulars, we do prepare for the three minutes and we do have a lot of facts. It's not repeat, it's not fluff. 
I'd, I'd like to see that remain. And if that two-third vote thing is like, um, council has to put themselves on the line saying where they are. Do we want citizen participation? Or do we want to limit all the people that work hard to find facts, find issues, go through agendas, go through videos, and then you say, oh, guess what? Glad you worked hard, but you're not gonna get that extra minute. I just think it needs to stay at three, personally. So where do you feel on the 80 speakers on the West Side land use? Uh, knowing that most of those people are just saying, save my job. I mean, they, they were there for a very specific purpose. It's not necessarily a present, that most of them weren't there to do a presentation. Yeah, no, I get, I get council's position on that. And I, I, I you know, I, I was there at that meeting. I was at other meetings. Um, I thought that meeting went well. I'm sorry for you guys having to stay there. Um, it made sense to go down to two minutes. I get that. That's a big number. But if we're somewhere around 12 or 13 or 14 and hey, we're going to cut you down and it's going to be this based on a calculator. I'm sorry, I don't get that. Man. Yeah, please. Um, so <clears throat> what, what I'm hearing you say is that um, you're, you're, are you saying you want to keep it at three or you want to keep it at two and you want to see if council is going to vote to give everybody three? No, I want to see it remain at three. If there is an enormous amount of speakers, I want council to be on the record on what they want to do because that helps voters when they decide on the next council member for that seat. Is he going to limit time or is he not? We have sensitive issues that really deserve the attention of council and how the people feel. And sometimes they need that three minutes to do it. So to, to put you on the spot, the going back to the West Side, just using that example, uh, and you can say you don't agree, but do you think the two-minute decision was correct? I would say if I was a council member in that same situation, I probably would have done the same. Okay. But I would have done it equally across the board. So if you did it to West Side, even though I want the three minutes, if council takes a step to do it to one district, you do it to all. Okay. And then we fire you for the next time that you're elected. Okay. Thank you. Please go ahead. I just want to um, reiterate, pardon me, that I really think that three minutes is important. Um, I'm not at every city council meeting, as I'm sure you all know. My big thing is land use. And just to let you understand our process, we go through all the maps. We go through videos. We go through DRC hearings, PC meetings to really honestly prepare as well as we can and to try to even get that in three minutes is beyond difficult and we try to be very honestly respectful of your time but when you're looking at as amy said complex issues and things like that it worries me greatly that you would change it from three minutes to two across the board um, three minutes is important and as I've said before, I am not a public speaker. I'm nervous right now. I hate speaking. It, it, it's not my thing. But I'm, I'm passionate, and I love this city. Um, and that's why I speak. 
So I'd just like you to understand what we go through. I know you go through a lot. I see your meetings. I attend a lot of them. Um, but there is a lot of work behind the scenes, and I just want you to appreciate that, and, and please keep that in mind. Thank you. I'm going to have a question for you after, so go ahead. This is Scott McCarty. Um, with regard to uh, public communication at the beginning of each, of each meeting, my, um, I think it's great that you are getting, slotting more time for more, for more speakers. That's, that's tremendous. My main concern was if there are more than 20, 20 speakers who are willing to speak for 90 seconds at the beginning of a meeting, how you choose those without, say, speaker cards. And, and um, I really, really like your idea, Michael, uh, of when you gave the visual of the ping pong ball uh, cage. And to me, having a lottery to do that, that's actually a tremendous idea. And that would work very, very well. So I'm, I, I like the idea of having more speakers at the beginning of, of, uh, of the meeting who are willing to speak for a shorter amount of time. My concern was how to choose those. I think a lottery is, is a wonderful idea. And if people want to stick around for the whole meeting uh, at the end to, to make their comments, that, that's up to them. Um, you clarified for me about the, the long lines. I had initially envisioned, when I, when I read the new protocols, that we would have 75 people lining up around council chambers. Okay, you've clarified that for me, and that, that makes sense. Um, so now, um, you just mentioned that, say at the beginning of the formal, formal items, you'd have the mayor call for who wants to talk, and they would raise their hands. So in the case where there is, there are 20, 25 people or more, so, so how, how then are they uh, chosen to line up, or how do they line up? What command is given? Uh, how, so say, how are the first five, how are the, if there are 30 people who want to speak, 30 people raising their hands, how are the first five chosen? Have, has that been thought about? You have a thought. Th thank you, Mr. Chair. So what I'll share with you is most people want to speak last, not first. Uh, so I would argue that uh, there, there are a lot of, you'll notice, uh, I get the question quite often, how did so-and-so speak last at every single meeting? How did so-and-so speak when they spoke? Uh, that's how. So the way that you would handle that is, and I think that, that folks would be able to, uh, you know, uh, self-line up without there being disruption of the meeting, or arguing or fighting over their position in line, for example. And so folks would become accustomed to the process for a formal item. If somebody was eager to speak first, I, I don't envision a, a battle to the line, uh, for example, or any uh, elbows or, or pushing, for example. Um, but the mayor would call for public comment and say, go ahead and line up. And the way that I've seen it in the past is folks get used to the process and they line up accordingly. Um, and they can line up. And sometimes there's a negotiation. Somebody might be first in line, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they want to speak first. And I've seen negotiations happen in line. Hey, we want to speak next to each other because our comments are related. Is there any way you can go after us? Is there any way you'd let us go before you? Uh, things like that. So we, we could look at uh, different options. 
the way that I've seen it work in the past is people do line up according to where they want to be. And what you'll find is similar to speaker cards, what, I, what I've experienced um, is those folks waiting to see who's going to line up before they decide if they're going to line up. Yeah. Okay. So one thing, you, a couple things you lose doing it that way, which may or may not be a problem. Um, it, it then becomes more incumbent upon the speaker to introduce himself or herself because you are not calling out the names at all. And the mayor or council may not even know the names of the people lining up. So, so they need to announce themselves if they want to, I suppose. According to the Brown Act, they can, be, they can speak anonymously. Okay. Um, and then you, you would lose some visibility into what, where the end of the line is, how many speakers are left to go. Once all the hands go down after the first call, um, you, the audience has a general idea of how many speakers, but not a specific idea. And, Which and, may or may not be a problem, I don't know. And that's the, uh, thank you for the question, thank you Mr. Chair, that, that's the intent of the mayor doing the last call. Uh, generally I think we would, we would have an idea where we're at. What I would argue is, with speaker cards right now, I also don't have an idea when we get to the end. You see the, the same people, um, or you see a lot of responsive, somebody is responding to something somebody else just said in public comment. Maybe not even something that council said, but somebody that somebody else just said during public comment. There's a lot of reactive. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of waiting till the end. There's a lot of, um, am I going to give public comment? Am I not going to give public comment? That's really the intent of the last call is to say, hey, we, we've got to get to finality. And that's what we hope to do with all items, right? We've got to get to finality. You also have to keep in mind that I would argue uh, the same in terms of preparation. Those council members have also prepared for the items that are on the agenda. So it, it, I imagine, uh, and I can't speak for the council members, that it could be just as frustrating to have those items continued because they had prepared their comments, their remarks, and their research for that item as well. Uh, so just in general, as it relates to the last call then, it's, that's really the intent of that last call. So we can gauge where we're at with that item, right? Last call, we'll know if there's 15 more, we'll know uh, when there's not. Right now, I, with speaker cards, I do like to say, you know, five speakers remaining, final speaker uh, and such. But with speaker cards, I generally have no idea. Sometimes I'll start with five speaker cards and we'll end with 18 speakers. Okay, okay. Let me go, Councilmember. I think Councilmember Duran, did you have? Uh, no, not, not for Mr. McCarty. I just, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't have any questions for you. I just had a separate question. Did you have anything else for him? No, uh, I'll come back to it. Uh, I just wanted to respond to something you said, or provide some additional information. The way the optional amendment is worded now, again, this is com yeah. there's complete flexibility. When there are five remaining speakers, the mayor will make a last call for public speakers. When that occurs, no additional speakers may provide comments other than those in line or those who have identified themselves in the virtual queue. So that's kind of how, it, how we had thought about setting it up at the end of that period. So the public would know it's, it's the end, and then once that, those people get in line to speak, that would be the end of it. Okay, that, that makes more sense to me now. Um, with regard to the three minutes versus two minutes of speaking, um, you know, as, as much of a gut punch is it is to me to feel like my time is reduced from three to two minutes, I completely understand the realities when you have 79 speakers out there that, uh, to maintain interest in the conversation, you can't have it go for, for three hours. Um, for guys like me who prepare something for 180 seconds, I will just have to come with two separate uh, 
speeches ready. One for 180 seconds and one for 120 seconds. So that puts the burden on, on me or other people like me, but I, I can live with that given the realities of issues where many, many people want to speak. Councilmember Duran. Let me, let me get Councilmember Duran. Yeah, I just had a uh, kind of a comment, maybe a question, and on item number 24 when um, Mr. Overly was talking about, you know, um, us voting on allowing more speakers uh, after the after the 10 to stay at three minutes but I I'm wondering if there's actual an actual number because I mean there's I think 10 or 11 of you here right now and we have we have people that prepare for their three minutes is there it, what, what if it was 15 speakers or 20 speakers I mean would that would that you know because the reality is not everybody prepares three minutes, just, right? And so what if we put that number up a little bit higher and said, you know, like 15 speakers or 20 speakers, um, and then after that, we drop it down? Or, yeah. Just, call me, just you know, curious. So you're saying start with a higher number? Yeah. Mm -hmm. three yeah. I would say, as a talking point, 20 would be one hour of public comment. Is it realistic to say, at one hour, we should, we, if we're going to go into hour two, should we start reducing time? You know, I think that's your question. Yeah, right? that, yeah, I, yeah, 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 exactly. When we move into hour two, is it realistic to say, okay, <laughs> this is, you know, a lot? And and if you don't mind, I, I mean, how does that sound to to you? Because you made that comment, and I was just. Curious. I think that's more reasonable. Yeah. I think that's a good place to start. I mean, that's some flexibility. If you see down the road that you're not having that many speakers, then it's going to be positive for everybody. Right. Um, and I, I have another comment. So it was always my understanding from the city I used to work at, watching council. I was one of those police officers that sat in the corner and watched council meetings. Um, paid overtime, by the way. And what I always found interesting was speakers, you know, that section of the council meeting was never closed until the mayor declared it closed, meaning there were no speakers trying to get up there. Once speakers were completely done, he declared it closed, then a public speaker couldn't speak. And I'm wondering if that's a legal gray area where he says, call for the last and last five, why couldn't somebody legally step up and say, it's not closed yet? Just a question for the city attorney. Did you want to respond? Um, yes, if I understand your question, you're saying is, it, is there some, some legal, um, is there some legal magic to the last call kind of thing? Um, I'm not sure that there is. I, I think um, I think we the, the the city can impose certain time, place, and manner restrictions on the the public forum, and so I think having rules in place that that allow everyone to speak, but then allow for some finality, I think are appropriate. So if whatever the mechanism is to say, any other speakers? No, we're done speaking at this point. We're going to close this portion of the agenda. I think is legal under the Brown Act. Before you go, I just want to make sure, sure if Council Member Compost has any comments at all. I do, but I'd like to hear Mr. Okay. Amendola speak first. 
Sure. Thank you very much. George Amendola, resident of Ventura. And I am very encouraged by the dialogue tonight and thank you for having such an open meeting. Um, obviously this is a pretty serious topic for some of the residents here and we saw an unusual turnout for the GPAC uh, hearings. There was a use of technology with the GPAC committee to survey population. I'm a big believer in technology can solve a lot of these issues and I understand that it's about making these meetings more efficient and the time that's dedicated to these meetings to get through the agenda. But the public wants to be heard. They want to hear, they want to know that their comments are being taken into consideration. And so, look, everybody has one of these in their pocket and council likely has questions for the audience, whether it's people inside the gallery whether it's people on Zoom or WebEx or people listening to YouTube. And the people that are logged in via YouTube is generally pretty significant and they don't have a voice. Most of the time, council doesn't even know they're paying attention during the meeting. And just a thought process. The justification here is encouraging the public to be concise and to the point in their comments while providing some certainty and how much time speakers will have as they prepare. It makes perfectly good sense to me. And my thought process is if there's a city app for registered users and council can query questions with either yes, no responses or polling, well then that may provide data that you can use to make your deliberations better. Now I realize it's a task but it may give you some information without having to hear, you know, 90 people in the room over a three hour period. Just a thought. Thank you. I want to get to Council Member Campos. Thank you, Mr. Amendola. Thank I you. don't have a specific question for you. I, I do want to note that um, at the onset of the meeting, we spoke about efficiency and trying to make the council meeting shorter. And if I recall, maybe two years ago, some action was taken to allow the staff a lot more time in council meetings, and then later um, limit the time of council members commenting. And I realize we're here about the council protocols, but maybe through the city attorney and city manager, we can find a way to get the entire staff report into the agenda. And I know a lot of them are. I've read 500 pages for a meeting before from one item. But some of them are not. And then we've got a very long slide presentation. And then there are people who came to the meeting based on the limited staff report attached to the agenda, have already spoken, and now have a lot more to say. So I'm hoping that at the same time as we're looking at, at limiting the public's time and changing our protocols in many ways, that we can also go back and look at the way the staff reports are coming to us. May I get a clarification on that, Chair McReynolds? Yes, please. Did you, did you mean that the presentations be put into the staff reports? I think you said staff reports into the staff reports. Did you mean the presentations, the slide deck? Well, the. The slide deck being put in isn't necessarily important, but all the information they're presenting to us 
if they gave it to us beforehand, I could know a lot better what's coming at the meeting, and so could the public, who, who really wants to read it, and many do. I think that's a very important thing if we're going to talk about controlling the length of time of council meetings, not just put it all on the back of the public and, and council. Mm -hmm. I think that it has to go all the way around. And then I want to note that um, five, five Spanish speakers from my community reached out to me tonight, and there wasn't a Spanish language agenda, so I sat with them and we went through what was published here, and all of them wanted to say they recognize the time is longer with interpretation. If there were a way for them to come with enough information to pre-write their comments, they're willing to give it to the interpreter and just let the English be presented. But they don't know if that will be allowed, so they asked me to recommend that. Well, so I want to get uh, that in there while I'm on it. Sure. I, thank you for the question, uh, Councilmember Campos. Uh, Chair McReynolds, uh, thank you. So uh, real quick as it relates to the presentations, and then I'll, I'll go to that second point. The presentation should never be presenting on information that was not presented in a staff report. Um, what I will say is that there is, uh, we are currently working on an administrative policy which outlines information that's required to be in a, in a staff report. We've also revised uh, how we're doing our city council uh, presentations. For example, we are now uh, preparing them and practicing them three weeks in advance and going through them three times with, with the appropriate staff, for example. I will note that a prior protocol, as you mentioned, did limit a staff presentation to 10 minutes, for example. Uh, I'll also note that the uh, total amount of time previously allocated to public speakers was five minutes in the protocols until 2008. Um, so those are items that can be included in the protocol. What, what I would say is as it relates to the presentations and staff reports, I, I appreciate that feedback. I would encourage staff to take that back and, and work that into, uh, into an administrative policy. Of course, something like that could be included in the protocols as well. As it relates to the comments, uh, and you are correct, we, we don't have a, a translated a subcommittee uh, meeting agenda. Uh, right now, the council did approve a translation for city council meeting agendas. The goal is, is that we are gonna expand to these subcommittees as well. We have uh, limited uh, capacity to be able to do it in-house, so it presents us with a turnaround challenge. Uh, I hear your comment, and I, I will you know, ensure that I take that back and work towards a translation of all, all agendas. Uh, as it relates to the speakers, one thing I will note is that we've heard a lot from the public. Our interpreter does simultaneous interpretation. What that means is they put the microphones down and the uh, person giving public comment speaks to the interpreter and, and the interpreter speaks uh, the English only. What I've heard, a lot of feedback from the community, people who have never done interpretation don't understand that process. What I have heard in great numbers is why are you reducing the ability of the Spanish-speaking population to speak directly into the microphone? I would caution uh, the optics of having to uh, require Spanish-speaking residents to submit their comments in writing prior. 
um, I would just caution the council of the optics of that. Of course, uh, anyone can submit their comments in writing before, and if they preferred for their comments to be read uh, by the interpreter, I, I don't see uh, any problem in that. But I, I would just caution council of the optics of saying our Spanish-speaking residents have to submit their comments in writing in advance. Now, if they uh, did want to submit comments in advance and were present at the meeting and preferred for the interpreter to read those comments, I don't think there's any problem with that. Thank you. Because, yeah, I in no way suggested that they must be required sure. to do that. This particular group offered that. Sure. So ideally, do we have anybody else that wants to speak after? Okay, so let's, if we can do that, so we can start talking, it's November now, so let's say we're gonna start talking turkey. Um, so. <laughs> I wanted to just comment on the, uh, the idea that was brought up recently regarding perhaps having the first hour of public comment consist of three minute present speeches, and after that, go reduce it to two minutes. Um, I think that's a, a, an interesting concept and might be worth pursuing. One thing that it might alleviate is that jockeying for, for position to be, speak last. And that would, that would mean that people who really have something to say for a full three minutes would, uh, would want to step up in line and speak earlier. So that's, that's a, a very good and compelling idea. May I? Yeah, please. I, I just wanted to make a comment to what you said, Mr. Man, Amendola, uh, that the people on YouTube, uh, they don't have a, you know, they don't have a voice. We don't, we don't hear them except, I, I want to let you know, when I go home at night, my wife, she, she tells me everything that I needed <laughs> to hear from her watching on YouTube. So she definitely has a voice. I, I get the same thing. <laughs> Can I make a clarification on what with the comment that was just made? Did you mean that we would have three minute time speaking for the first hour and then it would cut to two minutes? I don't think legally we could mm -mm. do that. Mm -mm. Yeah, no, I think, that, uh, I, I think my idea is once, if we, if we have the, the 21st speaker, uh, it's kind of like the chart that we would then. Then all time would be reduced. All time, because you, yes. you have to treat everybody the same. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. Yeah, the Brown Act does say that the rules have to be applied, applied broadly. So if you start with a one protocol for the first speaker, it has to be the same for the last. <laughs> Do you want to jump in right there? Okay, thanks. But I'm confused, sorry. If it's the same protocol, you're saying that after 10, you're cutting it. So why can't you just say it's 20 or whatever and then cut it? That we can. Yeah, we can. Yeah, that, that's what I was recommending. Okay, I'm sorry. I recommended I, that earlier. Yeah. But we just have to treat everybody this. It, the first 20 speakers can't be three minutes, and then everybody after that two minutes. What they're saying is everybody has to be the same. So. And the, the way with the public communications, for example, that's agendized twice. So there's a public communications at the beginning of the meeting, there's a public communications at the end of the meeting. So the protocols would be clear for the public communication items at the beginning, which we would set at 90 seconds. The protocols would be clear at the second public communications, which anyone speaking at the second round, it would be clear at the three minutes. So all we're talking about is the beginning and the end. Well, that's for public communications. This, uh, this item number 24 is speaking to items outside of public communications. And so what we're saying is in a formal item, for example, you have 30 speakers. You couldn't take the first 20 and give them three minutes and then take the last 10 and give them two. You have to apply the, the rules broadly. The difference with public communications is the Brown Act does allow flexibility in how we manage. Some jurisdictions, for example, might only take those 10 and not allow for public comment at the end. Uh, some limited to the number of speakers, some limited to the time when they take 
the agenda. There's more flexibility with public communications item because those are non-agenda items that council cannot act on as it relates to formal items or items that council is going to act on. The protocol should be applied broadly to all speakers. Thanks for that. And the 90 seconds is just voluntary. So we're not saying you can only speak 90 seconds. You can come back and speak three minutes if you want. Mm -hmm. So you can speak three minutes in the first part, not just 90 seconds? What did you do? No, the first part of the meeting would be set aside for those who want to speak for 90 right, right. seconds. Okay. If you want to speak for three minutes, you'd have to wait to the end. Got it. Um, and the, again, on 24, um, so since it's going to be consistent across the whole protocol for the city council, um, I just also want you to know that three minutes is not that much in an appeal when you're trying to make your argument in 10 minutes and then have supplemental speakers to support your argument. Um, and if you cut it down to two minutes, it's going to also carry over into hearing items, which could be appeals. Um, and I, I'm just thinking back to how hard everybody worked for that 211 project. There's no way we could have done it with a maximum of six minutes, you know, two-minute speakers. So, you know, think about all the different areas that it's going to be used, used for if it's going to be consistent across um, all agenda items. And, and Mr. Chair, if I may just comment on that, that's why there's a different process for public hearings. An appeal is a public hearing. That's why an appellant gets 10 minutes, an applicant gets 10 minutes, a five-minute rebuttal, a five-minute rebuttal. So I realize there may be public participation as well, but the appellant and the applicant have additional time for that exact reason, to present their appeal or to present on their application. And that's why public hearing items, for example, remain where we have, and I know it was commented in the beginning, we should reduce that time as well. That's why, because the appellant and the applicant in a, in a due process hearing uh, need more time and, and that would also in, include this the public speakers for a formal here or formal hearing item uh, so the, the would be uh, three minutes yeah, exactly okay thank you sorry about this guys you've been getting a lot of information multiple times tonight in regards to presentations I'll give you a case in point at the water commission meeting last time I was there they had two presentations and supplemental reports. They had one presentation attach, attached in the agenda to the item. So the problem is a lot of people do not understand that there's presentations in both locations. I believe any staff presentations should be attached to the agenda item in the agenda because having to go into supplemental reports to find it it's mixed in with who knows how many things and it's very confusing to figure out what's going on it takes a lot of time even if you can take the time to find it so my comment is if there's a presentation by the staff attach it to the agenda item so the public can see it very easily and readily go through it if they want to at the same time as being presented otherwise it's really not available in regards to the issue of uh, agenda items that come in. I believe that if you have a long meeting, case in point, the avenue area where they had all the presentations about everybody up there talking about the GPAC issue, 70 speakers, I believe if something like that happens, the mayor should be addressing the agenda and possibly putting off whatever's going to be discussed it's not going to be discussed that night to the next meeting at the very beginning of the meeting directly after the pledge 
that's when it's done. Because that way, anybody that's in the audience can see what's going on. We can say, we're going to address la da 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 And this one, we're going to continue till whatever. Instead of waiting until 10 o'clock at night, oh, we're going to continue this until next week because we don't have time. That's not doing the public any good in any service at all. You know, it's, it's really not fair and equitable to them. In regards to asking for surveys, I know Zoom, I was on a Zoom meeting today, and during the presentation, they were throwing up surveys in the middle of it. So people were getting the information, they were getting it back, they were giving the information. You know, what I believe it should be done if you want to do that is in the agenda at the beginning, tell people to get into Zoom if they want to make comments, because there could be surveys in these meetings, and if you want to participate in that, be on Zoom and be ready to answer those questions. Then that way you've got the ability to get immediate feedback as to what the, your constituents are trying to find out. It's available, it's commonly used, and I would say when I'm dealing with stuff with the state and water issues that I deal with a lot, there's a lot of Zoom meetings that that is a common practice that they're actually picking all this information up. WebEx, I don't see it as easily because it probably takes more to do, but Zoom is a very easy thing to do. They can attach it and they run it. Anyway, those are my comments. One more. Let's get to some turkey. I'm still struggling just a little bit with the uh, limitation on the three minutes. I, I really appreciate the uh, increasing it to 20. I think that's a great suggestion. Um, I'm wondering if maybe we could leave um, the seeding of time the same. It's, it's hard to prepare two presentations, a three-minute one and a two-minute one. But if you knew, if you have, you know, something important to say and it, it is just not going to fit into two minutes, if you knew you could have a seated amount of time that would get you to the, the time frame that you need. I think that would work, and most people don't need seated time. So you just restrict the, the bulk of it to the, uh, you know, the 20 people or even 10 people. If you could use the seated time intact the way it is now, I think that would work for the people that truly do need that time. And, and Mr. Chair, real quick, apologies. On, on the seated time thing, I, I, my recommendation would be whatever the time uh, amount allocated, three minutes, two minutes, that the seated time match. So if the time stays three minutes, for example, uh, Glenn is right in that 10 is the maximum, but only two can seed you time. It leaves you at nine minutes. That's why you'll hear me say that a speaker has a maximum of nine minutes, because if a third person gives you their time, they lose two minutes of their time because we don't allow the seating of a minute, for example. So my recommendation would be to align seated time with the amount of time, because so we don't have this, this weird one minute. Somebody gives up their three minutes just to give somebody one minute. So before we, any comments from? I concur with our Okay, so we're gonna do straw polls. So looks like we've lost some of you, but uh, so let me see. There's one, two, three, four, five, eight. So each each one of you are gonna represent about thirteen thousand. You get thirteen thousand votes each on it. So in terms of the speaker cards, just if you guys can give me a straw poll, yes, no. Where do you think about getting rid of speaker cards? So who's in favor of getting rid of speaker cards? I'm not voting, I'm just holding my hand as an example. So we got and, and, and I'll offer that I am happy to meet with anyone to hear suggestions and ideas as we explore what that looks like. So we like speaker cards. 
great, getting rid of them. But there was, so the balance is saying keep speaker cards is how I'm reading the room. Okay, so sorry. So who wants to get rid of speaker cards? Who do thinks? Because the Brown Act doesn't require them. Okay, you guys aren't being helpful because you're going four four. So <laughs> one two three four five. Okay, and then in favor of keeping them, just so we got that. So okay. Okay, let me let me ask you. That that was where I was going to go next. So who's in favor of abridging the speaker cards to the if if we keep them. To the to the a minimum amount of information, which would be name. Or what would be the? I mean, we can have a name line on there. Again, the Brown Act doesn't require it. So if you see some of the names in the minutes, for example, it says K. You know, I don't know what benefit we're adding by saying K spoke. You, you kind of do need the agenda item number. And you need the agenda item number, yeah, which confuses folks. But we're not saying <clears throat> we're not saying just because we have a speaker card, it has to go into the, the agenda. Right. No. Sorry. In the minutes. My apologies. Yeah. The, the clerk was very clear that we only do action minutes. It does not record the name of the speaker. You have to watch the video to. Although we do right now record the name per the protocol. So one of the optional amendments is to remove that. Okay. And the Brown Act does not require it. That does not require it. And the idea behind the Brown Act in not requiring it is because it's enfranchising people. Because it's not requiring them. Because it's it. not requiring it. The other that, challenge. The goal? Exactly. And the other challenge that I'll have just recently with these past five meetings, as many of you will know, we've had a lot of uh, really horrible people on our meetings. When they speak, I don't know if you've seen the names or looked at the minutes, I have to include them. The names are not good names, they're not real names. If we go without speaker cards, um, just a suggestion, maybe Michael could every now and then say, and don't forget if you'd like to speak your name, you can, but it's not required. Because I always mean to, and I get up there and go, <gasps> okay. And, but you know, if you hear it over, you know, you can or you can't, and then at least people who yeah. want to. And, and I envision, for example, a slide up during public communication that would outline the process okay. so that that was available during the entire public communications, uh, except if there's presentations. As you all know, I have challenges displaying presentations and timers or presentations and other items. But the idea is, is that a slide would be up, and, and that could be uh, something indicated on the slide. So I believe the consensus is of, of the folks here, uh, with their, each person representing 13,000 people, is we would get rid of speaker cards. Is, is, does anybody? One real quick thing in regards to your issue with um, presentations. I believe that it should be looked at as a possible computer thing and basically have them enter, you know, assign a number to the person, whoever it is. They want to talk on item A, assign a number to them, speaker number one. And the person out in front, one of uh, Mike's assistants, would give them a card or a receipt that says you're number one. That way you've got it both ways. So you've got a listing on it, and if you want to do a random selection, you could take those numbers and you can throw them in a hopper, do an electronic uh, hopper, randomly pluck them out the way you want to. So it gives you the best of both worlds as to what's going on. But the key to it is, is have somebody outside that's got access to a computer that can identify the, the uh, number to the actual item that's being discussed. And then that way you're taking care of everything you have here. And my goal just is, I mean, we're just providing policy direction to staff. So in terms of the actual execution, 
we would leave that to staff to come back with the recommendation in, the, in terms of the execution of the. Um, I'm not opposed to the speaker cards, but would it be possible to see it in action before a formal policy was made so you could actually see the process? And I do like the idea of the name on the card because I'm one of those people that don't introduce myself, A, because of time, and B, because I've been called up and my name has been there, so everyone's heard it. But uh, speaking for 13,000 people, <laughs> I'd like to see maybe a little run of the show first. We do 15 each. So. <laughs> I, I'm wondering if um, what city does this already and if they record their meetings and we could maybe get a link to that and just watch how that process works. <laughs> Sure, yeah, City of Berkeley manages their public communications this way. And uh, just to respond to Mr. Handy, the speaker queue identification and iPad out front, some way of identifying is, is the ideal solution that we've been looking for. The county does very similar. They have a kiosk outside. You pre-register for comments, randomizes, things like that. It's definitely something we're exploring. However, we can make the process more efficient than a physical card that's requesting more information than we need, uh, we're open to. I've conferred with my 15,000 people, and we're very vain, and we take offense at having a slide up for the whole time that we speak. Um, that's kind of a joke. But I'm, I'm visual, and I'm sure a lot of people are, so when you're going through the meetings and you're like, I'm looking at the faces on the video to see who spoke and go back and forth between the faces. So if it was just a, a card there, you know, I'd have to stop and listen. You know, it's it's maybe put the card up and take it down. Yeah, the 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 camera view now, for example, they go between the speaker and when there's not a speaker, the presentation goes up. So it would it would be displayed for all folks in the room, um, but it would go in between, uh, similar to how we do now uh, with the camera. So you'd view. still be able to search by by face if you were yeah, looking it goes, on exactly. That. The, the the face of the speaker would still appear. It would kind of go back and forth, and then as the next speaker was coming up, it would appear and it would kind of go back and forth. Okay. Okay. So now I'm going to ask for a vote of the, the committee. So eliminate speaker cards uh, is my motion uh, that we would eliminate speaker cards. Is there a second? I, I, yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay. So can we get a roll call vote on? Sure. And so just to be clear, this is this on is recommendation number 23. 23. I think it's 20. I think it appears twice actually. Yeah. Yeah. The two places it appeared in the in the uh, proper protocols. Yes. Okay. So to eliminate speaker cards, we have a motion and a second. Uh, Councilmember Compos? Yes. Councilmember Duran? Yes. And Chair McReynolds? Yes. And the motion carries. Okay, next item is, let's take on the 10 speakers. Uh, well, no, I, I'm sorry, I, I wanna go somewhere else. The public communications. Okay. Okay, so I would be interested, so this is item 26. 26. So I would be interested in seeing that we bring at every meeting public comment up so that on the so my proposal uh, is we would do 20 speakers up to three minutes for public comment on the first meeting of the month and then with a two-thirds vote can be reduced uh, to an appropriate time. I mean, does it have to be two minutes or can? 
Uh, there's nothing uh, that states the amount of time. Okay, so that there would be a consider, if it's 21, maybe we want to go to two minutes and 30 seconds, I don't know, you know, something. But the goal is really to speed up the meeting that we're limiting, not that we're limiting public comments, because then at the end we'll still, we'll bring public comments again, right? It appears twice, at the beginning of the meeting, at the end of the meeting. So That's if, right. the, if the 21st person wants to wait till the end, they can wait to the end and have their full three minutes. Yep. Okay. So that we would, on the first meeting of the month, Okay. We would have up to 20 speakers at three minutes, mm -hmm. and then uh, the council, by two-thirds vote, could decide to reduce. So you, that it would require the two-thirds vote, not an, not an automatic? Like, for example, to say it's three minutes for 20 speakers. If it's over 20, uh, 21, the 21st speaker gets so two minutes. We're going to have it at the, at the end, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, because if they want to be there and they want to speak and go home. Yeah, and so we would just keep it at taking the 20 speakers at three minutes. Right. Okay. Okay. For the first meeting of the month, for, for the public communications. Any changes would require a two-thirds vote. Right. Okay. Or the, that 21st speaker can wait till the end and get the full. Got time. it. Okay. The first meeting, the second meeting of the month, mm -hmm. we would bring public comments from the end up to the beginning, mm -hmm. but it would be for 90 seconds. And then it would again be for 20 speakers. 20 speakers. And then if they want to stay to the end, they can have the full three minutes. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to ask a straw poll first before I ask for a second. Could I also, sure. could I suggest we say for all consecutive meetings? The first meeting is that way because in, in the event that so we, we go to three or four or meetings, like yes. Yeah, no. I think that's so. If we have a special meeting, sure, or a, a workshop, or sure, okay. Just to provide, just so the the committee has the information, per the Brown Act, on a special meeting, for example, you're not required to take non-agenda matter related uh, public comments. So, just want to provide that as background okay. on a special meeting. Generally, you call a special meeting for a specific topic. For example, tonight we have one item on the agenda. We do include, as you, we did here, public communications at the beginning of the agenda. We're not required to under the Brown Act. So, I just want to provide if that we're as. With the limit, I'm okay with. Every consecutive meeting. Okay. Straw poll. So, any. So, what do you think about the one hour for the first meeting of the month? Three, 20, first 20 speakers, three minutes. There's the when we if we have 21, that we then would make the vote. Mm -hmm. So, how do you? Okay. So you're representing the hillsides now. <laughs> This is Scott McCarty. Yeah. Just one comment, but that flies in the face of the effort toward consistency. I, I don't. I don't. Uh, I'm not saying it's not a, a good idea. Um, it may very well be a good idea. But Michael, do you? Does that? What does that concern you about the lack of consistency? Well, I, I would just. So what? What I'm, I think I'm hearing you say is that it would make more sense to do. 90 seconds up front at every meeting and and then at the end everybody gets three minutes at every meeting is that that would be consistent is that what i'm hearing you say yes because i heard the discussion earlier about the drive potential drive toward consistency and this the, the proposal now is kind of not going that way although i could go either way 
I'm just, I'm just throwing, I'm just throwing it up there. Uh, your concern to be consistent. No, I think it's a, it's a legitimate. Thank you for raising it. Um, I mean, there's no legal reason that we have to be consistent. So if the if the committee wants to ha provide, we would be providing an additional 30 minutes of comment beyond what is in the protocols right. now. Right. Um, so that would shift. So we'd be putting in a hard 20 at the same time. Correct, and it would and it would require a vote, obviously, to overcome that. So um, that would. But the other thing for objectivity was one of our one of our goals. So, but that's other than that, there's no legal reason you can't do that. Are you changing it from three minutes to 90 seconds? So my, my proposal is the first meeting of the month, mm -hmm. it's three minutes okay. at the beginning of the meeting. Okay. First 20 people. If we get more than 20, so more than an hour, we do something potentially to shorten a time or ask if somebody wants to wait till the end mm -hmm. on it. So that's, I, I believe that's consistent to the, what we currently do, except for we're putting a hard, hour kind of there, uh, which we, th theoretically, the, currently the current protocols is there's a hard 30 minutes that we don't, that we've been inconsistent in ever enforcing. Okay. So my goal would be that we're putting a hard hour in for public comment and then on the second or consecutive, consecutive meetings, we would move public comment up, but we would do 30 seconds 90, 90 seconds. 90, 90 seconds. 90 seconds. 90 so 30 seconds, minutes. 30, yeah. 90, 90 seconds, which we don't do now. So we don't, we don't allow public comment at the beginning. Right. So we're, we're bringing it up, but we're limiting it to 90 seconds as opposed to the full three. And if you want to stay for the, till the end, you get the three. So we're, we're increasing public comment. Are you just doing it for two meetings or are you doing it for every? No, per council member Compost's. Okay. It would be every consecutive okay. meeting. So Thank after you. the first meeting. So, so 90 seconds. Uh, and, and then is there a limit? I think 20 speakers. 20, the 20 half speakers. hour. So on it. So then my second, okay, well, we got a comment and then. This, this is great being able to uh, have a dialogue with you. Um, so on the first meeting, there's 21 speakers then it has to be a two-thirds vote to limit it from three minutes? Correct. Okay. Or we could just ask somebody that, would you mind waiting till the end? Which they might say yes, okay. Okay, so we're all clear. It seems like everybody, the, the, the first meeting of the month, everybody seems, so the second meeting of the month, or consecutive meetings, sorry, I keep saying the second, but the consecutive meetings, the 30 seconds, 20 speakers. 90, 90 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there's too many numbers. Thank you. 90 seconds. <laughs> I'm, used to, I'm used to working with Excel. There's a <laughs> so 90 seconds, 20 speakers. So we're moving it from the beginning, but we're limiting it to 90 seconds. But we're still allowing the three minutes at the end. How does that, as a straw poll? Okay. Okay. Now I'm going to make that a motion for the. Uh, is there a second? A second. Oh, go ahead. We're, we're both. Okay, so she's, he's thirding it. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, so we do have a motion and a second. So just to repeat, so we're all clear, the first meeting of the month, public communications would be at the beginning of the meeting. We'd have 20 speakers for up to three minutes, which effectively sets the public communications portion at an hour. Any additional speakers would be granted that three minutes at the end of the meeting. All subsequent meetings of the month after the first meeting, depending on the number of the meetings, public communications would move up to the beginning of the agenda on all agendas. However, all subsequent agendas, we would say 20 speakers, 90 seconds, which effectively caps us at a half hour for all subsequent meetings after the first meeting of the month. And you can shorten time on the first meeting with a two-thirds vote. We uh, with a two. And, and did you want to apply that two-thirds across the board in general? If there are any changes to uh, public communications, require a two-thirds consistency yes, vote. I would like to add it. Yeah, I would, it would be a harder vote. I yeah, think, at that point, because uh, it's so so much. You're already half the time. Councilmember Campos. Yeah, could I clarify? So you're talking about not just the general public comment, but also in items. I think we're, we're vote. 26 right now is only as it relates to public communications. Okay. So Thank only non-agenda related matters. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay, everyone clear on the motion? Yeah. Great. Uh, Councilmember Campos? Yes. Councilmember Duran? Yes. And Councilmember McReynolds? Yes. Okay, three ayes and the motion carries. Okay, next, let's talk about seating time. So, uh, so right now, Correct me, the, the protocol allowed two people to, even though it says 10 minutes, you're only allowed to receive the time of two. That's right, and, and I'll just clarify real quick, and I probably should have clarified before we took the vote on the last one. The current protocols do not allow the seating of time under public communication items. Uh, so that's the current protocol. So that protocol will still stay in place. So if we refer to anything other than public communications items, yes, the current protocols uh, allow for two speakers to see their time, uh, but there's that conflicting time because the protocols do say 10 is the maximum amount, amount of time, but only two are allowed so to the, see time. So, so do we practice the seating of time during public communications? We do not, no. We do not allow the seating of time during public communications in the okay. current protocols. And so this, this optional amendment, it, it only as it relates to seating of the, the time, it only relates to formal items. Uh, well, it relates to all other items but public communications because it relates to consent, public hearing. We, okay. we could potentially have a new category called old business or information reports as an example. It would, re, it would relate to all other items other than public so communications. is to make it consistent. So it's two, so the maximum time would be nine minutes. It, it, well, again, I think the, you know, Item number 24 uh, is the one that's relating to the total amount of speaker time. So right. yes, you did just set but it the. Would be consistent, but it would be so if it's two minutes because there's 50 speakers. Yeah, and and you can get six minutes. and that could be up to this committee and council to decide. For example, a prior uh, protocol capped all seated time at five minutes maximum. It then went to six minutes. It then went to 10 minutes. That's a decision for the right. committee the amount of, uh, of time that you'd like the seated. But a recommendation that I could make is align the seated time with the amount of time you yeah. give for public comment. I, I think that, that would be, my motion would be to allow to, the, the seated time will match the given time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it would be for a maximum of two speakers. So if it's three minutes, everybody's got three minutes, you could get up to nine minutes. If it's two minutes, you get up to six. Uh, but it, would, it would match the the amount of time allocated for the speaker. So if a speaker had two minutes, two speakers, then you'd you'd have six minutes. If it was three minutes, two speakers, then you'd have nine minutes. So I, if I may, yeah. 
So I, I see you shaking your head, and I just wanted to share with you that if, you know, when you're talking a maximum of 10, that means that that's three other speakers, and then one of those speakers is giving up two of their minutes that they could use. Yeah, and technically it's a it's a gray area in the protocols because it says 10 minutes is the max, but then another section says only two people can cede you time. If it's three time and you have three minutes and two people cede you time, you get to nine. So there's no possible way to get to 10. That's why you'll hear me say at a meeting, nine is the maximum amount of time because we have these two conflicting clauses. One says 10 minutes, one says two concede at three minutes. How do you get to 10 with two three-minute ceded time periods? Before you, I want to let I just would like to suggest that we simplify the language by stating that any speaker maximum including their seated time is at nine minutes. Mm -hmm. Then you don't have to have all the different explanation. The way I view it now is I have nine minutes max, mm -hmm. even though it says 10. Mm -hmm. So if we could keep it at nine minutes yeah. with seated time. I think that's what we're, okay. yeah, that's where we're, I think that's where we're going is, yeah. yeah, we're just trying to get it so that, but the, the new language would be Two speakers, the, again, the, there, it could be less than nine, though, if everybody's time has been reduced. You can only see, see the time that you've, so if there's 25 speakers and there's. And they seed the time, and they reduce the time to two minutes, then right. it would be a, that, six, a six minute. Am I being clear in terms of, okay. So it matches, I think the, the seated time is gonna match the speaking time. I think that's how we provide the clarity. So if you have three minutes, then your maximum time is nine. If you have two at six, it's gonna match the speaking time. Uh, Eileen Shaw, wouldn't you also, wouldn't you be able to speak at the end then? On, on the formal item, because this is formal items. Yes. There, there is no end, like when it's called, it's called. So point. there's, there's, there's a, a maximum of six and if every, every, so everyone is cut down. No. no, that's currently how it is now. So for a formal item, there's only one public comment period. There's only two public comment periods for public communications, but that, that is not designed to have folks speak twice. It's designed to allow the city to manage comments up front and still provide an opportunity for folks at the end who didn't get a chance or came after you took public communications, for example, because folks do come in late. So the idea is, is in a formal item, there's one public comment period. And so the seating time only applies for that public, uh, public comment period time. So if it got cut to six minutes, if you prepared for a nine minute, it gets cut to six, that's really tough to, you know, on the spot try and take 50% or 33% of the presentation out. If you could, if it gets cut to two minutes, if you could allow it to go to eight, i.e. three people concede time. Well, help me understand, uh, if, if for some reason we had that many speakers, council could still vote if they wanted to Mm -hmm. do yeah. more time so it could it could still happen yeah and I think a, a, a viable path forward could be just saying speakers can have two seated time allocations to them the time would be determined right because we're getting into variables here if it goes to six then it goes to eight but if it's at three it's at nine I think a clean way of doing it is just saying there's a maximum of two people who can see time and the time limit of that time applies to the seated time. I don't dispute that that's a clean way to do it. It's just if you've got a nine-minute presentation, trying to have it coherent and concise. In, in, in his scenario, apologize. Is there anything that would prevent, if, if, let's say you have a nine-minute presentation, I did the first six minutes. Is there anything that, I, that Council Member Duran could come in and finish 
the presentation? There's there's nothing that prevents that. And and actually, uh, per the protocols, uh, the council and mayor should be suggesting that when there are groups, uh, for example, and uh, you know one common practice in other jurisdictions. Again, these rules can be waived right by council. So in another jurisdiction, for example, there's a large group uh, there, and the mayor might determine, hey, there's this many people here, they should actually have 15 minutes, say, right? And they work with that group to allocate that time. But yes, speakers could work together to present their items, and they could work together with council as well to ensure that everyone has the amount of time if there was collaboration, coordination, and notification prior to the meetings. Is that add some level of comfort? I mean, I know it's not exactly what you're... It's, it's feasible. It's just, you know, if you have a presentation that's nine minutes and now it's, you're only going to be allowed three and you have to find somebody else to be as knowledgeable about your presentation and do it coherently to present that other three minutes or the whatever, two minutes, whatever it might be, it's, it's really tough to do. I mean, I understand the, the beauty of making things consistent. And I believe in that, but it's just, well, at least for me, uh, other people on the fly, they can probably take a nine-minute presentation and do it in five minutes if they need to, but I can't do that not, and have it have the impact that I intended to have. I just want to reiterate that the nine minutes is important when, when what I'm thinking of specifically is when there are slides up. Yeah. Um, and, and so you're basically what I'm hearing is you're reducing the time to six. I don't like that at all. And I honestly, I, I, in my experience, I haven't seen that, that many times that you're, you're actually looking at nine minutes. It's usually less, but when it is nine minutes, it's been carefully done and one person couldn't take over. They haven't looked at the slides. They, it, you, you, it, it's a really important issue and I think the nine minutes is important. I really, I really do. Real quick on that. I believe that you should take it and look at it in regards to having the ability to be flexible by the city council. Something should be in there that's subject to city council's discretion. So no, and, that, and that would be, that is part of it. That's what I, I don't see that in that area right there. I see it in the other one. I see it in 24, mm -hmm. but I don't we see it. Said the, that we were going to add the, mm -hmm. oh, okay. the two-thirds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's not on there. We had said we're going to add the two-thirds uh, to, to allow th that, that flexibility. So anybody? Yeah, I think that a, a lot of things that we do require professional presentations from the public. We, we receive a lot of um, public comment from highly educated, skilled people in the areas of the agenda that we're talking about. And so I do see the logic of leaving those presentations at length, at nine minutes or eight minutes. You know, so, so I would like to see somehow we work it that if we're cutting the time, three can seed time instead of two, or somehow we should be able to work that into language and craft it efficiently. Okay. Any others? The race. 
You lost. See, they can line up. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so this this is this is Scott McCarty, and I think I think uh, Liz that that idea has, has great merit. So, and that I don't think that would be hard to implement if if we're cutting time from three minutes to two minutes for the an excessive number of speakers, then. Uh, allow three people to cede time instead of two. I, th I think that's a, a great compromise. Is that from somebody who wanted consistency? <laughs> Just speaking for myself, if I understand the rules and I know that I have a time limitation and I'm going to try to make the most impactful presentation that I can make, I am going to adhere to the rules and make sure I am within those guidelines of two or three minutes. So as long as the rules are clear, I'm able to follow the rules and make an impactful presentation and prepare accordingly. Thank you. I have a question for you. <laughs> okay, so in, in uh, Councilmember Campos's scenario, so now your time is still being cut to eight. Perfect. From nine. Is Perfect. that still? Okay. And then for the attorney and clerk, mm -hmm. to, to Councilmember Duran's question, that the, if you, the inconsistency between the two and the three, is mm -hmm. that, does that create an issue or? Well, thank you for the question. I, I would again keep in mind the folks who do not attend council meetings regularly. I, again, appreciate that we have folks who attend all of our council meetings. Um, but keep in mind the complexity of have never attended a meeting and now needing to determine if time's been reduced, uh, the amount of time that can be conceded. So, you know, of course, whatever the recommendation of this committee is, we will make the language clear, we will make the rules clear, and we will implement it. I just, you know, would like to offer the committee to keep in mind the folks that are not here at every single council meeting because I, I do believe that that would add a layer of complexity. So your motion is uh, for up to three speakers on time reductions may not exceed nine. I think it would have to be when the time's reduced, it's going to be reduced to two, then the maximum time would be eight. Is that correct? Uh, Mr. Well, that, that would be allowing three seaters. So if when it's three, it's two. And see, so this is the thing. If it's three, there's two. If it's two, there's three. It's eight. It's nine, all for the same procedure. So. Right. So there's, if time is reduced to a minute, I'm not saying it's going to do that. I mean, that. The, 200 speakers or something. I can't imagine where we would do that. But then you would still only get three minutes in that crazy scenario. So because you'd get three. Seated. No, you get four. You'd I guess get you'd four, get four. Yeah. Sorry, you'd get four minutes. And so for the three minutes, would we still be allowing only two people to seat, or would we right. set a standard yeah. to say three? So instead of saying time, you could say, when the maximum time is allotted, a speaker can have two people seat time to them. When time is reduced, three people concede time. I'll second that.
No, I, I just, it's, you are consistent. it's too complicated. I mean, my gosh, let's be consistent is my, is my, my point. Let's just be consistent. So the language could just represent not to exceed nine minutes. Nine minutes is the max. If you guys reduce it to two and a half minutes, they still can't go above nine minutes. Does that make sense? If council limits speaker time to two and a half minutes, and we multiplied that by four, still cannot go above nine minutes. And if they went to two, how would you get to nine? You can't. You can't, so you, the max would be eight? Well, unless you do, yeah, I mean, you could do four speakers still. They could add four seed and they go to 10, but it's really nine. Just can never exceed the nine minutes. Yeah, I just think not mentioning the number of minutes, mentoring, mentioning the amount of people who concede time is the way to solve it. The, the language being simple and clear is important. Mr. Overly's point, though, is does it really matter because you're losing speakers, so we're not extending, we're not extending public comment. We're just reducing the number of speakers in his scenario. Uh, so if it had to be 10 speakers had to cede their time to get to nine, so be it. This is the way I understand your comment. Yes, I agree with that. Basically, if you went down to one minute, it would be uh, eight seeds. If you went down to 30 seconds, it would be 17 seeds because the speaker himself can't see to himself. That, that I wouldn't have an eagle eye for, by the way. If I was, if I was, <laughs> if I was watching 17 seeded time, I'm not certain I could keep track of that. <laughs> of course. I mean, there's a motion in, on the floor, unless you're gonna. I, I understand, um, I understand Mr. Overly's comment, and I will withdraw the motion as established. And may I amend it? So if council reduces time based on the numbers, or just simply, if council reduces time for public comment in a formal item, the maximum time can remain nine minutes. Does that work, Mr. McDonald? I think that a maximum amount of time that can't be exceeded works. The question then comes into the play is who is seating the time and how many people are seating time, right? So if we're at two minutes and you're saying nine is the max, we find ourselves in the same situation. We can't get to nine. Do we go to 10 and then somebody loses a minute? We could, right? But at nine minutes and two minutes or one minute, you can't, it's like you can't get there. So it's kind of like the same thing now. 10 max, two seeds, you can't get to 10. So it's, it just presents us with a challenge, and then you're adjusting the number of, t uh, the number of people who can seed. There, so then there's two variables instead of one. The, the challenge becomes somebody is going to, potentially, somebody will lose time. Right, and I understand that. I've seeded time and lost time before. It, it's something that the public may or may not accept. 
This is Scott McCarty. I think we were almost there, and then we're moving away from it again. So, in my mind, what might work is, if you have a three-minute time limit, two people can seed time. If you have a less than three-minute time limit, three people can seed time, but you still cannot exceed nine minutes. That would solve it. Because we've been talking about increments of three minutes or two minutes, but to, to Glenn's point, if city council says, okay, you've got two and a half minutes, that throws a big wrench into things. So, so just say, if, for, for three minute time allotments, two people concede, for less than that, three people concede, but still not go over nine minutes, and I think that would solve the issue. And if I could offer, you could have a max allocated time and not address number of seated speakers. It's nine minutes is the max, if that's what the, the committee or, or whatever the max we end at. And however people have to get there, they'll get there. It, it, that could also be another consideration, right? So instead of trying to, to balance the two variables like we have now, you could have one and just say max allocated time. If you can get there, you can get there. If you can't get there, you can't get there. And a two-minute speaker is losing one minute as opposed to a three-minute speaker losing, losing two minutes. minutes. Correct. So let's do that. Could you read back my motion, <laughs> Mr. McDonald's, that you just gave us? Well, I would, I would say that the, the question point for the committee is then is what's that maximum time allocated, right? And so what you could say is a very simple line to say maximum time allocated is X. And we don't mention the number of, of people who are seating. And so the question for the committee is what's the maximum? I think we've all settled on nine. Yeah, I believe nine would remain, even if. Whole, I lost anybody. No, you still have thirteen thousand each. So. Even if time is reduced by council, because yep. it's going to reduce the number of speakers. Yeah. So the then max, the maximum time will remain at nine. You get there however you get there. And you get there however you get there. Is that your motion? I'll second that. Yes, we do have a first and a second. So again, just to repeat, max seated time at nine minutes, no mention of how many people concede. So max amount of time one person can have is nine minutes. Okay, council member Compass. They have to be in the room. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we would still leave the blanket comment in there about folks who are seating time need to be in the room, but we would just not have a number right. of yeah. maximum seaters. But the, the rules would still apply that whoever's seating time still has to either be physically present in the room or on the meeting virtually. Yeah. Um, okay, Councilmember Campos on the motion? Yes. Councilmember Duran? Yes. And uh, Chair McReynolds? Yes. Three ayes and the motion carries. Okay, I think we've taken up the three, or the, the, big, the bigger issues. Uh, so I'd like to try to just wrap this up by nine. So uh, unless, or do, do you want to? Oh, okay. Uh, so I'd like to jump back and uh, do we still have Tim? Sorry, Chair McGrunnels. We still have two items. One is the the line, unless you guys have not the line. Oh, the line for public so speaking, I, I, and then the other one is the how we're handling the um, for, the non-public communication speaking. If we're going to do the two minutes, unless there's fewer than twenty, if you guys. I we, talking. Oh, we didn't vote on it. We did not. No, oh, we, sorry. we okay. didn't. We, we we went to the seated time before we set on the actual. Uh, 
speaking like, time, but the if, the city clerk told you that the city clerk it's going to be the city clerk's office sponsored by Southwest. That's why we're <laughs> <laughs> that's and, why we're doing the line. And uh, Andy, as it relates to the line, uh, I think that I heard Chair McReynolds say he'll leave it up to us to implement the best path forward, and and I would probably work to put a working group together of folks to try to come up with the best solution. Okay, so let's go with the. Uh, what was the, the, the So line? the the length of the comment itself, which is uh, right here, item number twenty four. So, so we're gonna do ten speakers maximum of uh, or sorry, twenty speakers maximum of one hour or three. Uh, that's three for hours. that's for non agenda. So now we're talking about all other items other oh, than not. Minutes. So okay. the non agenda we voted on and we set twenty speakers three minutes. Uh, no for the first time. meeting, exactly, no seating time. But this is for all other items. So this is a general public comment section as it relates to all other items. This is a formal item on the agenda. This is a formal, this is a public hearing, this is a continued business. Consent, thank you. Yeah. I, so 10. Bert should be reminding me about the consent items. <laughs> I, I would make a motion to, uh, uh, for 20 speakers. To match the. Yeah, and then we go two-thirds vote after that. So not a reduction to two minutes at 20 speakers. It would just be 20 speakers and then two-thirds vote? Well, you couldn't limit the number of speakers on these items, right. so there wouldn't be a, a need to say. Speaking time, I apologize. Yeah, speaking time. So after, after 20, then we would have to go to two-thirds vote to decide um, if, if you want to reduce. If, we want to if you want to reduce. If you want to reduce it. So yeah. it wouldn't be reduced automatically. So the, the, the only thing that I would comment on that is the objectivity, right? So if you're, if you're willing to say if there are more than 20, then we will consider by two-thirds vote a reduction. I don't think you need to do that because the council protocols already allow you to waive the protocols by a two-thirds vote. So for example, at any time, the council could, by two-thirds vote, waive the speaking time. So my recommendation would be if you want to set a number of speakers, then I would set objectivity to it so something triggers automatically. Otherwise, there's, there's really, it's, it would kind of be a duplicate protocol because if you said if there were more than 20, council could by two-thirds vote reduce the speaking time. You could do that without saying that. So I think the intent of us bringing forward a recommendation for a number is to have something happen automatically, to remove the objectivity to say, in this example, for example, if there are fewer than 10, it's three minutes. If there are more than 10, it's two minutes automatically, not by council vote. Here's, here's my issue. So it is rare on any item that we have 20 speakers, like ever. But if we do, it's 60. <laughs> it's never, it's never, there's not a, in, there, there never seems to be an in-between. There's mm -hmm. never 30. Mm -hmm. It's always, if it, it either goes from, you know, less 20 than 20. to 50. <laughs> yeah, it, it jumps, it, it's a big jump. It mm -hmm. never, it's never like 25. Mm -hmm. it's, it's always something, you know, bigger. Um, and, and that's kind of where I have the issue with the, the automatic, because mm -hmm. I, I think we'll rarely, if, let's pretend the number's 20. I think we'll rarely get to 20. I mean, I think we rarely get to 10 right. on any. Well, and that's why our recommendation here actually keeps the three minutes, because that's our argument as well. You're not going to, in most instances, get to 10, so the standard remains three minutes. It only adjusts when there are more than 10. That was kind of our logic behind it is the, if we generally have less than 10, then the standard three minutes remains. And so in that instance, we're not 
making a, a recommendation to amend the speaking time. It's only if there are more than 10, right? And so that was kind of, and, and the number is the sweet spot for the committee, right? For us, we took the 10 because again, it was in the protocols. If the sweet spot's 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever the case may be, or, or there isn't a sweet spot. But the idea for us in, in here is, you're right, I don't think we'll get to that number either. But when we do get to that number, if we had something set in stone, because what I what I witnessed and experienced from the council meeting was on the west side, for example, when there were 79 speakers, not a single public comment mentioned anything about reducing time. Nobody was upset about re reducing speaking time. When it came to another community where there were 54 speakers, those folks threw their arms up, howled, screamed, and yelled, and council gets put in an awkward position. That's not fair for the folks that were sitting in the room that wanted to speak in opposition to that proposal. So that's why we're trying to remove the objectivity for council and determine what's that sweet spot. I think also factoring into this, it's gotta be consistency, right. that's the word, of, but not just in, in a meeting, but meeting after meeting. So if we have a big item and we decide to reduce speaking times, on the, the west side, but then let's say six months later, there's another item and now their political pressures are such that the council doesn't, isn't comfortable reducing time or they reduce time the second time they didn't the first time, then the council is in a in kind of a bad spot. May I suggest we compromise at 15 and then take our clerk's suggestion to do automatically reduce I'm, I'm more inclined with the 20 because it's an hour. It, it, it's a, it's, it's clean, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Sorry. As opposed to 15 is 45 minutes. 45 minutes, pretty clean. It, it, I mean, it is generally pretty clean, but I think the hour is. Uh, it just gives us, if we go 20, it gives, it, we don't have to, probably not gonna get to 20, so we don't have to deal with it. Yeah. But if we, if we do get to 20, then we, have 21, then we deal with it. Yeah. yeah, and again, keep in mind the intention of the setting towards the number of speakers is again to allow for more yeah. people to speak. I would be 20 would be my. Okay, I'll go with 20. Because I just I think it's just a clean you know the the, the one hour in that case. So that's my motion. Okay, that's your motion. So what I'm hearing then is that. Uh, Comments would be limited to two minutes unless there are fewer than 20 speakers. So the standard remains three minutes for 20 speakers and less. Over 20, the standard goes to two. And then you could still do the seed time thing. And you can still seed time, and the max time would still be nine based off of our last decision. And council still has the flexibility to waive that. Or if, if council decided at the 20 that they didn't want to reduce to two, council could by motion keep the time at three, for example. Could I just suggest it goes to two at 21? Right, that's the, the 21st speaker. Would yeah, be. and so what, the, the way what that looks like in the room is we get to an item and the mayor says, how many people want to provide public comment on that? We see 21 hands raised, it automatically goes to two. I, I think the way it was worded though is at 20, it goes to two. Oh, I see what you're, uh, so more, we, we would say more than. Exceeds. More, more yeah, if, it, it, Exceeds more than. 20, yeah. yeah, thank you. Yes. So I'll second. Okay, so we do have a motion and a second. Any additional comment? Okay, uh, everyone clear on the motion? Okay, perfect. Councilmember Campos? Yes. Councilmember Duran? Yes. And Chair McReynolds? Yes. Okay, and the motion carries. Okay.
city clerk's office sponsored by Southwest. <laughs> uh, so in terms of the line, I mean, I don't. Have your passports out and ready, please, with the picture <laughs> open. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think it, I've seen it done in other jurisdictions. The line? Yeah, the, you know, you, you call out the names, they, I, mean, I think you've been doing a great job with it. So. Yeah, I've tried to use the, the land use item as a test for the lining up uh, to try to get through them a little bit, a little bit faster. It doesn't preclude anybody if they don't get in line. No, no, and, and you may have noticed in the last time there were folks who sat, even though the line was formed, they did uh, remain sitting because they didn't want to stand and wait, for example, and then in their place in line they went up. And there's nothing that yeah. would require them, yeah. Well, in addition to the, the um, members of the community who are aging, or fragile, who can't stand up easily, or um, other disabilities or mobility impairments. In addition to that, there, there still remains moments when we have health issues floating in the community. COVID may be gone, but now, in addition to flu, we have paraflu, which appears more dangerous, and even common colds. So I would hope we encourage people to stay, you know, a couple of feet apart while they line up, not crowd each other. I envision marks on the ground. Uh, so having a very specific line with marks on the ground where people line up. So some visual aids to help folks line up in an orderly fashion. Thank you. So, you know, maybe, uh, may I? Sorry. Um, people that have uh, disabilities or as council Member Compost was saying, maybe we can encourage them to to come first. We can yeah. offer them. Okay. Yeah, that's a good suggestion. So, do we have a motion? For that, I don't know if we necessarily. For that, I don't necessarily know if we need uh, need a motion. Of course, uh, unless the the committee wishes to. Uh, but I, I will take that feedback, and I'll be sure at our next meeting as we continue to, uh, you know, by the time this goes to council, I'll be sure to have the process locked down. Can you pay to get into A versus Right. <laughs> you have to pay the city clerk in cash only. <laughs> Envelope, <laughs> small unmarked bills. So, okay. You're, uh, you're being recorded. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I, wanna get, I want them to get it right. <laughs> okay, um, so let's jump back to the beginning. Uh, I kind of want to take these, uh, if, so let me, let me go to the public first. On the items, one through 22, no, 21, 22, yeah. Is there anybody that has any comment that they'd like to? Yeah, I, I heard comments during general public comment on item number 12 okay. from uh, Mr. Handy. I noted that, yes, and 21. And 21. Okay. Do you want to give us a quick refresher? Just uh, and 12? two, the minutes. The minutes will no longer reflect the speaker names. Apologies. Yeah, I have number 12. Uh, basically, just to abbreviate, since all the public is limited to three hour, three minutes on their conversations, I think it would be prudent to have the council do the same thing for three minutes. Because if you take seven council members at five, that's 35 minutes. If you take seven council members at three, that's 21 minutes. That's 14 minutes less time. If they want to go through and review it again, that's fine. And I also believe that that should be limited to three minutes, if possible, on the comments by the council members regarding their districts. Because those things seem to be getting longer and longer every time I'm in there. Uh, council and a communications. Lot of, a lot of the stuff is fluff. 
So I think that should be limited to three minutes also. Yep. Can I provide a little context on this one just to help? Yeah, please. The, so currently the council members are allowed 10 minutes in the first round and this, the timer is stopped after every question. And so it's, it's a huge burden on the clerk to keep starting and stopping that. So one of the goals was to eliminate the stop and start and make it just a running clock. And then because we were doing rounds anyway, it made sense to just allow everyone the opportunity to ask some initial questions. And then council members would still have additional opportunities in subsequent rounds. So we, we had suggested a shorter period from the 10 minutes just to, to help keep the process moving a little more quickly. That was kind of our thought process. Okay. Yeah, yeah, well, just to add on to that real quick. So it's currently a five minute first round for council members and then 10 minute, but council can do unlimited rounds. So we're not limiting uh, necessarily the, the opportunity to speak, but the idea is, is to get through that first initial round of comments uh, in, in, an, in an, you know, a, a faster time. And in another piece, we're looking at introductory comments as an opportunity as well to potentially be different from questions and deliberations. Um, but the idea here is, is that, as Andy noted, the clock would run. And so that's been a topic of discussion uh, through previous protocol uh, amendments, is the desire to have the clock stop and start. And so I do just want to highlight that, that what this is saying, that this is going to include the response time. So if council asks a question, the clock runs it, it continues to run. And this is a, a common practice in all other legislative bodies, in Congress, at state legislature, and uh, it's a very common practice to, ha to have the, the answers included in the a running clock and the response times. I had a question regarding item number five. I believe it's 1.7C. <clears throat> 1. Do you mind if we, I'm happy to, if, but if we could just stay on 12 and. Okay, fair enough. Just to finish it. Yeah, just to finish those. Thank you. Out. Can I ask that question later? Yeah, or 12 or on, on five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. So this is the, really the question of, you know, if we use Mr. Handy's, it would be a three-minute running clock. To, right. Uh, or do we, are we good with the five? Well, I, <clears throat> if I may, um, you're saying the, que the answers are included in this, They right? are. So I, I would be much more comfortable with the five. But in, uh, our, in our communications in the beginning, I'd be more than happy to to go down to three. Mm -hmm. oh, for the council communications. I, okay. yeah. Yeah. So, I, so do you want me to make a motion? So we'll start with the public, the council communications. Council communications drop to three minutes max. Second. Second. Okay, so we have a motion and a second. Any last comment or want to take a vote on that? Yep. Okay, Councilmember Duran? Yes. Councilmember Campos? Yes. And Chair McReynolds? Yes. Three ayes, motion carries. And then on the second, I would take item item number 12, 12 and item number uh, 21 mm -hmm. and uh, reduce that time or actually take that recommendation that you have of five minute rounds. With the running clock. With the running clock. And 21 is a little bit different because it's, it does include the five minute rounds, but it, it places council questions after public comment. So in non-due process hearings, what we seem to have right now, some council members saying, I'd like to wait to, to make my comments or questions after the public. So to make it more efficient, council questions would come after public comments in 21. Okay. And so if you could repeat the motion for me just uh, one additional time. So for 12 and 21, take the recommendation of five minute rounds with that the running correct. clock. That is correct. Okay. I'll second that. 
And does that include 21 on moving the council yes. questions yes. after? Yes. Okay. Uh, we do have a motion and a second. Any last comment? I would like you to clarify the motion. Sure. So the motion is to take the recommendation on item number 12. What item number 12 says is council member questions and comments will be held in five minute rounds inclusive of response times. And then 21. 21 is the recommendation saying in non-due process hearings, place council questions after public comment in five minute rounds. So it's clarifying that council questions will come after public comment and maintaining the five minute round. So we're moving public comment first. We're moving public comment before, exactly. So we can hear, you know, in a, in a due process hearing, the idea is, is that we would hear from the applicant, we would hear from the appellant, we would hear from the public, and then council would go. And it, does that include that the clock keeps running? And that includes that the clock keeps running. Thank you. Sure. Yeah, so we do have a motion and a second on that. Uh, Council Member Duran? Yes. Council Member Campos? Yes. And Chair McReynolds? Yes. Three ayes and the motion carries. Okay, you wanna do item five? Thank you. Just a point of clarification. The delete all video recordings of public proceedings are posted online for the public to view. That's an optional amendment. And then the justification, this isn't true. City council meetings and other final action bodies will continue to be recorded and available online, but not all public proceedings. What is the definition of final action bodies, please? So uh, currently, uh, thank you, Mr. Amendola, Mr. Chair. Final action bodies are three bodies. City council, planning commission, directors hearing. Those are where that body is the final action body. The reason for including this in one of the optional amendments, it's not currently happening. So for example, the Parks and Recreation Commission, those videos are not recorded. They're not posted online. So by this, you know, basically if we record a, a meeting, it's available online and it will be in perpetuity. So we're removing this because not all public meetings are currently recorded. The idea is, is that they will be. But generally, if we have a recording, the, the, the recording is available online, and, and that's in the government code. If you record a meeting, it has to be publicly available on your website. So this is kind of just a cleanup, because it's not necessarily true, because all public meetings are not currently recorded. So the ARC committee is not a final action body? It's not, but it's recorded. So if it's recorded, it gets If posted. it's recorded, then it gets posted, yes. But the, the reason why, and that's required under the law, uh, the, the Brown Act and the Government Code, if we record a meeting, you have to make it publicly available. Uh, we don't have to record a meeting. Mm -hmm. And so this was more or less a cleanup because it's not currently happening now, but understanding that any meeting that is recorded, the, the uh, meeting video is available online. Okay, the Budget and Finance Committee. Is, is, is not currently recorded. However, what I'll share with the committee and, and with the folks watching, we are going through the process of upgrading all meeting rooms to have the capabilities of being able to record and do hybrid meetings from all meeting rooms in the city. That's the goal. We're not there yet, but I would, I would think that we're probably six to nine months away from being there. So my question is, the justification of final action bodies, is this something that the ARC committee would be adopting, or is that staff's clarification so uh, this is an this is an optional you mean the definition of final action body yes 
So that, that's my definition. Uh, I'll be transparent. I've, I've defined final action bodies as, and, and that's been our logic and reasoning behind hybrid meetings, yeah. because we have limited capability that staff in, internally made the decision that final action bodies were the most important meetings to be able to hold hybrid. And so that's been my definition that I've been following final action bodies and, and we've ensured that they remain in a hybrid setting. And so the final action bodies are the ones that are guaranteed are recorded and posted. The non-final action bodies, Arts and Culture Commission, Parks and Rec Commission, Downtown Parking Advisory Committee, for example, those meetings are not currently recorded. Budget, finance, Budget economic finance, development. Economic development. Right. Yep. And DRC? Uh, DRC is recorded. HPC, they were previously final action bodies. They're no longer, but they're, they are broadcasted and recorded. So I don't know how this works this evening, but I view the language risky. And it's not to say that Mr. McDonald's interpretation of what he's written is risky, but successor city clerks may have a different interpretation. And that's where I perceive potential risk. Thank you. May I clarify, the, the justification column is just, was just our attempt to explain very succinctly what the, what the optional amendment change was. So that's not going to be included in the protocols. That was just an explanation. Mm -hmm. Number 20, I had a question on what you mean by that. Consider clarifying when, what's, what are you trying to advise to the council to, for them to consider clarifying? when and how questions can be asked after the public hearing is closed. Yeah, Chair, is that what the president of the, we're where are you going after with that? Just do five right now if you don't. Okay, I, then we'll, I'm sorry. No, I thought you were done with it. No, uh, well, we'll just, we'll take a, okay. a vote on it. But so does anybody else have any other comments on five? Okay. Anybody have a comment on five? So, is it possible to, to modify the protocol, all video recordings of public meetings? And let me ask a clarifying question. So these are the city council protocols. Yep. Do they apply to Parks and Rec, uh, HBC? Th thank you for that question. They are the city council protocols which apply to all council advisory meeting groups. What I will share is that Planning Commission and DRC have separately adopted protocols. But they still have to follow the council protocols, or do they supersede the? So the they, what happens with those protocols is if they uh, veer away from the city council protocols, then it requires city council um, approval to be able to veer away. And so the city count the the protocols that were adopted were approved by city council. Okay. So, so. Parks and Rec Commission has to follow these protocols. That's correct. And because it says all meetings are to be recorded. Right. And they're not, we're not. Exactly. There's an inconsistency in the protocol. Exactly. The goal is that all meetings will be recorded? That's correct. On it. So then I'm guessing, I'm asking if the cleanup language is as available, or do we define final action body? Yeah, I mean, you, you could, you, you could keep it as is, uh, you could... Uh, as is doesn't work, cause, so I don't want to keep it as is, because it doesn't work. It's, it's, not, it's not happening. Right. So I don't want to set that up. Yeah, I think, it, I think the, the clarification piece just needs to be understood that not all public meetings are recorded. Right. So how, however we... 
Or, okay, so let's say the, the, it, not all public meetings are recorded. Yep. But if you do record a meeting, then it has to be it posted. Has to go up. And and that's currently in the that's government it. code and Brown Act yeah, as, as it exists now. If you record a meeting, then you have to make we the don't recording have to publicly the available. Six months from now, because all of a sudden you're recording. Exactly. Because the law says. And that's why our recommendation is to remove it. Because yes, the, 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 the goal of the city, and not the city clerk, the city, uh, is to record all public meetings. Right now, we only have the capability of recording in this meeting room. This is the only room. That's when it presents us with a challenge, right. conflicting meetings and whatnot. This is the only room we have the capability of recording a, a non-council meeting. Any questions? Clarifications, okay. So do we have a? I'll make a motion to remove it. I'll second. Question? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Councilmember Campos? Yes. Councilmember Duran? Yes. Chair McReynolds? Yes. Three ayes. Motion carries. Okay. So, Mr. Handy, you had item 20. Um, let me see where I was at with that. Yeah, 20 was the, the, 20. the piece yeah, of Yeah, I just was trying to understand what they mean. Sure. The, procedure is going to be on that. That's going back to the council to make a decision how they want to handle it. Yeah. Um, Chair McReynolds, I can explain this. Yeah, please. So um, due process hearings are just that. They're, they're supposed to be a due process. And so the idea is kind of like a court where the, the judge hears all of the evidence or the jury hears all of the evidence. And then at some point, the evidence stops coming in and they make their decision. And so that's how the due process hearing should occur. The council should uh, should hear all the evidence from the public, from the applicants, whatever, and then the public hearing should be closed and then the council deliberates. The problem is, is that sometimes during the deliberation, the council may have questions of the developer, they may, they may have a proposal for a solution and they need to get developer or public buy-in, maybe there's one vocal member of the public, they want to see if that will work. And so what routinely happens is they, the mayor says, well, we'll reopen the public hearing to allow somebody to come up and speak, and then we'll re-close the public hearing, which is just language. It's not effectively doing anything. And so there's really not anything that we need you to do tonight on this. We are still invest, uh, researching this to see if there are other ways that we can still allow the council the flexibility that it needs to be able to do that. But 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 still preserve the integrity of the due process hearing, if that makes sense. And the best solution may just continue doing what we're doing, but but we, we just want to do some research on that. We want to find a way to provide the clarity because in general, in a situation like we've had in the past, if council's the final action body, there has to be an opportunity for council to be able to, if terms change, for example, there has to be an opportunity for council to be able to ask those questions. So right now it's a formality, which again, as, we, as it relates to the meeting efficiency, now it's a formality where language has to be spoken. The public hearing has to be reopened. Okay, the question can happen. Now the public, has, public hearing has to be reclosed. So we're looking at it pretty closely to see how we can just make it a little bit clearer, the process in general, and eliminate the, the need. If it is uh, you know, duplicative to do, then eliminate it. Does that answer your question? Okay. So then, do you have a different one that you want? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to talk about that one or wait? Yeah. Which, okay. number, seven, number. number 17 Seventeen says allowing abstaining votes without disqualification. I understand that, but will that be listed in the voting record as being abstention? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 
currently in the vote count, I do list abstentions and I, I put none. Um, this comes up, we, we have a protocol right now that says if a member's present, they must vote yes or no on an item. So this is a question for the committee. Uh, it's something that Andy and I have both discussed. I haven't seen a protocol like this in the past. What our protocols say is you can abstain if you have a financial conflict of interest only. That's the only reason for being able to abstain currently in our protocols. Uh, this recommendation partly comes from me because I would argue that a council member uh, should be able to abstain uh, for other reasons as well. And whatever those reasons may be, they could be other than uh, financial conflict of interest. What about a perceived conflict of interest? Uh, what about, for example, we had a council member recuse himself because they received a political contribution from somebody in the past. It's not a, it's not a political financial conflict of interest qualified under the FPPC for abstention, but they wanted to abstain. Our protocols currently say they have to vote yes or no. So this is really a question for the committee. Does the committee or council believe that they should be able to abstain on votes for non-financial conflict of interest reasons? And may I add to that, this is kind of in conjunction with number 18. Um, so what could happen now under the existing protocols is a member of the council could step out of the, the, the um, chambers during the vote and under the existing rules, they could then, if the vote were tied, and they could come back in and, and make a motion to be, have a re-vote because now they're back in. So it really allows a council member to game the system. They, maybe they want to vote no, but they, don't want, they, they want to see how it goes and then they can make the decision on how they want to vote or if they want to re-vote or not, depending on how it goes. So if, if the count committee is inclined to allow abstaining votes, then that kind of eliminates that or takes away the charm of that, I guess, because now um, they would they could register an abstain vote. So it's just an option for the, for the committee. So my question is, how does the quorum work? So if there's an abstention. So our, based off of our, our protocols uh, or our charter, our quorum remains at four always. Quorum doesn't change for us. Quorum is four regardless of abstentions, absence, vacancies. Our quorum is four. Our quorum does not change. So let's say we had six council members in attendance, one of them abstained. Yep. So a 3-2 vote is still a... 3-2 is still successful. Mm-hmm. And if... So what happens if four people abstain? For just the, the then by virtue of the vote. abstentions, the vote fails. Right? Because then you'd have three, either yes or no's, and abstentions. Uh, the, vote, the vote in that regard would most likely fail. And, and I, I believe that that is probably one of the reasons for a former recommendation to not be able to abstain because some argue that some might use the abstention as a no vote, but they don't want to record a no. And that could potentially, I, I don't have the background as to why this, that could potentially have been a reason why a recommendation was made because ideally one could argue that an abstention is the same as a no vote, but a person, a council member may be abstaining for a reason other than a reason for voting no, for example. Could you make it clear what, what the parameters are for abstaining rather than making it open-ended? I'm not certain we'd be able to capture everything because what if, for example, I say I really hate the tree on that street so I want to abstain from that vote, right? So I don't know how you would capture all the different scenarios, for example. Um, and and this, prop, this recommendation probably comes from me uh, because I, I've never seen 
uh, anything that prevented a council member from being able to abstain on a vote. My understanding is, is that before them you have a yes, a no, an abstention or an absent is how you record your votes. Um, of course, we're, uh, you know, the, these are the council protocols and a council decision. Uh, I, I had just wanted to open this question up to the committee no, to see question. if there, it, this is one of those things where in the past year, we, Andy and I have probably been asked four times by a council member if they can abstain. So this was one that we had on our list of areas that needs to be discussed because it's come up about four times in the past year. And just to provide a little more context, in the context of a conflict of interest where council member abstains under the FPPC, they are supposed to um, supposed to identify the, the why they're abstaining, the conflict and, and all of that. So that would be a distinction to someone just abstaining to abstain. Yeah, under the FPPC, you say, you know, I'm abstaining because I have a property within 500 feet. Uh, uh, an abstention vote for a non-political FPPC, it wouldn't require the disclosure of the reason for the abstention. It would just be recorded as an abstention. Mm -hmm. So would the abstention that you just talked about, would it require the council member to exclude themselves from any conversations related to that abstention in advance? No, so it would be the same as voting yes or no. So essentially the abstention would be recorded as the same as voting yes or no. So now our policy is the only reason you're allowed to abstain is because you have the conflict. Right, you have to leave because you have a financial conflict. But in the, in, in the example where I offered before, that council member did not have an FPPC-identified conflict of interest but wanted to abstain from the vote for perception or for, for other reasons. What if it's a, you know, it's a friend of yours, but that doesn't mean that you have a financial conflict of interest, but the perception might be that you want to stay away from the vote. Another thing that's really not on here that uh, concerns me is watching some of the votes in there. There were some contentious items where they were doing a roll call vote, and I was watching the people as they were roll calling, and as it went down the line, the people at the end could change their vote with no effect for political benefit. I suggest when you do a roll call vote, you actually do the computer vote first, then verify verbally what they chimed in on on the computer vote that way there is no way for them to take advantage of that and i just want to see that because a roll call vote the last two people voting can make it look however they want to and it doesn't affect the vote if it's a four to two vote somebody could end up at the end and say no even though you know they wanted they would vote yes otherwise so i think that's something you guys should consider my, my only comment on that would be is, uh, and, and that's why so many jurisdictions have gone to electronic voting. And one of the reasons why we've gone to electronic voting as well, there's just the one provision where if you have a member absent or if you have a member participating remotely, under the law we're required to take that roll call vote. Councilmember Campos had a... So, so I, I'm on a couple of boards other than city council. And if I miss a meeting of the air pollution control district, at the beginning of their next meeting, they want us to vote on the minutes, yes or no, we accept them. And if I haven't been in that meeting, and it's complicated minutes, I want to abstain. So it, it's a simple thing, but if it's allowed, then we can keep up with it properly. We can feel honest in our voting. What I was saying, you maybe misinterpreted what I was saying. I was saying when you have to do a roll call vote, you do an electronic vote, and then substantiate it with the roll call vote 
That way, you're not giving the people the opportunity to slight their vote to look like however they're going to go. I believe that would cover, Mr. Attorney, if that would be a legal way to do it. I don't know. But uh, it, still supplies, it still suffices for both avenues and covering what you've got to do with a roll call vote when somebody is not on scene and it's a remote access. That person obviously could not electronic, could not you know, vote by the means, but you could ask him first for all that goes, or however the rotation goes. Okay, uh, it's about nine o'clock now, uh, so I would like to consult on this item uh, a little bit uh, here. So uh, if it's the pleasure of the committee, I'd like to table the, the rest of these items for our next meeting. Um, and then uh, pick up where we left off uh, on mm -hmm. that. And, and before we go to the comment, I'll just uh, comment uh, about the continuation. As the committee knows, we've struggled to set a meeting date. We also have the requirement that we go back to council with the proposed amends, amendments next month. So I just want to you know, uh, let the committee know and folks here today that we're most likely not on track to meet that goal to get back to council by that November deadline. Um, and then maybe if we do want to continue it, we might be able to look at some calendaring right now. Yeah, that's, that's why I wanted to do that now. And then so would there be a staff report that just says we're going to, the, the ARC committee is requesting additional time. Uh, we will not meet the, the December. Yeah, so for the, for the council meeting, we'll send an item to council requesting additional time. Okay. So, um, just a, a couple quick comments. So, Mr. Chair, at the outset of this meeting, you solicited some positive feedback about things that are going well. So I'd like to make a couple, of, a couple of comments. Number one, I'd like to say that the way that this meeting was run, I'm very, very impressed with. I think the way it was run really facilitated um, feedback and clarification. The fact that you took timed public comments at the outset and then turned it into a give and take session really allowed, us, allowed for instant clarification of, uh, of misunderstandings or issues, which really facilitated making this a very productive and, dare I even say, enjoyable uh, city <laughs> meeting. So that's, thank you. I read you my compliments on how this meeting was run. Secondly, um, there, was a, there was reference earlier to the, un, let me call them unwelcome online, intru, online intruders. Uh, at the last city council meeting, I think it was, the, the protocol that was put in place worked excellently. And that was, Andy, for you to, at the outset of public comments, to give your admonition that if you stray off topic, you're cut off. That allowed you to signal Michael the instant somebody strayed into those off-topic areas to have them cut off. So compliments on that. I think that's a beautiful way to go. At, uh, to wait, the way to go up front, just make that one statement to all the public speakers. If you go off-topic, you're done, and that way you, we can cut those people off as quickly as possible. So that works very, very well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anything else? So then we're going to try to pick a meeting date. Okay. For this. So we're going to run into the holidays really quick here. Mm -hmm. 
And then I don't want to conflict with the West Side meeting again. Nope, you don't. So when is that? The first Wednesday. The first Wednesday. Okay, I was going to suggest the sixth. So that's the, the sixth first. is a city council meeting. No, December. I'm, I'm sorry, December. Oh, December. Yeah. No. So. Mm. And the second is a city council. The fourth is a city council meeting. I know there's other committees. Uh, but Generally, the the, the the first week of the month tends to be the best because the committees start meeting the second, third, and fourth weeks of the month. So generally, that first week of the month is kind of open for most in most instances. So Tuesday or Thursday would be great with me. Yeah. So my question, I guess we'll start with the fifth, which would be Tuesday the fifth. Mr. Duran, Councilmember Duran. Tuesday the fifth. Tuesday, yeah. December fifth. And follow up just the seventh. I mean, a, if there's a better, I, the I'm, I'm, I'm fine with fifth. The fifth. Mm -hmm. The fifth. This works for me too. Just give me one second to check the city's master calendar. Nope. Uh, does it work nope. for the city attorney? <laughs> Good. Okay. Let just give me one second here. I just want to make sure I'm not missing some uh, major glaring public meeting. Uh, okay. So December. Uh, December 5th uh, is open. Okay. December 6th is the West Side Community Council, and December 7th is open. So it looks like both of those dates work. The 5th, I think, work for me. us, work for the city. Okay. Yeah, so we'll say December 5th. So Wednesday, December 5th at 5:30. Tuesday. Uh, excuse me, Tuesday, December 5th at 5:30. And if the committee has a recommendation on how I can better agendize this item. I'm also open to so ensuring that we have will we have the, we have the, the clear language policy. Uh, that I'll we should be able to have that a draft of that. So I think we start the meeting. I mean, not that this technical. I think we got through the the bulk of the yeah. controversial cleanup stuff. Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll stay with the we'll start with the harassment policy first, and then if time allows, we'll come back to the. The technical okay. items. Yeah, and if, if we don't by chance have, uh, and, and just for clarification, Andy has been working with, uh, with an outside uh, council on that policy. Uh, but if we don't have it by that meeting, then I'll be sure that we notice somehow uh, to, to interested folks that that policy is not ready to be considered. So I'll keep that in mind as we okay. think about the noticing. All right. Yep. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Perfect. He said eight originally, I so I, I verified eight with the ride. I verified eight thirty, so I'm rolling on the street again. All this public engagement, although it's nice, it does come with a price. Yeah. Yeah, my, I'm gonna have to pay for this wheelchair soon. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm staring into the. So you're back up. It's a rental. Thank you. I can't read. <laughs> <laughs>